Not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time, featuring Joe C. I reduced my toilet paper down to three squares. Mia O'Brien. Bent over and let it happen. Matt Hayes. Terrible. And Leon Searcy. I did some curls for the girls. O'Brien, we've got JJ on the grounds. We've got a full house. You heard what Jaguars today was talking about. It's kind of like a little bit of a 10-10 reunion with everybody that has made their way. Now, there's a lot of 10-10 XLers that are over there at the Taste of Jacks right now having a big time. JJ got one of the biggest biscuits uh, with a I've fried, ever seen, actually. It was a fried I don't know what it was. It was it's just silky. a slab. It's so, so it's fried silky. chicken and it was, yeah. it was an so, egg. And shout out to Chef Kenny. Shout out to Chef Kenny down at Silky's Springfield. Yeah. This is their second year on the grounds at TPC. And he loves JJ. They've, of course. Well, they yeah. all love JJ. Yeah. They yeah. all love JJ down there. Um, but this is the first year that they – or excuse me, this is second year that they're here. They don't do the full menu here, right. but they do their famous biscuits and the famous fried chicken. Well, it's a massive, massive biscuit. You got and options. Then, and then that fried chicken that was dropped in some hot grease, Leon, some hot grease. It was too much for JJ, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> it was then, falling out his hand. It was crumbling. He was licking his fingers. I was, oh. I was worried about it. He walked up, and I said, yeah. what up? And he goes, come here. You got to see this. I mean, it was and a chicken biscuit a egg. A fried egg yes. underneath there with a little jelly jam, hey, which listen, is always good. I told him he can't eat nothing else for the rest of the day. Oh, man. All right. Between uh, Tacos on 12, Taste of Jacks, everything that's going on, uh, you will come out here. You will have a big time. We need to look at the leaderboard. We'll do it throughout the day. Uh, High Flying Jack O'Brien will keep you going with updates uh, through this noon hour. But we welcome you in. Uh, if you are out here, I've already seen a number of you nooners that have been on the grounds since early this morning. Some of you probably are still stuck in traffic. Hey, you, right there by that Sawgrass Village, I was there not that long ago, okay? I know exactly what you're going through right now. But uh, you can hit the text line. is on by Lifetime Enclosures. You can say hello to us. Uh, if you're out here, you got the app on and listening, de- definitely let us know if you're on front, back, who you're watching, any of that stuff. We would love to hear it, uh, which will be kind of fun. But coming in, and this is what we talked about, Matt, a little wind. It might set up for a tough golf course. They might get a little more wind this afternoon, but cooler temperatures. Yeah. And, and, and we're already seeing dudes throw darts, okay? Uh, uh, Hayden Buckley, Kala Morikawa, Minwoo Lee, another one who, who opened up. Did he open up Birdie Eagle? I think he might have been one of the guys who opened up Birdie Eagle. Anyway, we got Morikawa's, those scores. Morikawa's 5 under 90 yeah, right yeah, now. Right? Yeah. That's JJ's guy. Yeah. And then, of course, there's Roars, who's 4 over. Yeah, yeah. and has looked like he's struggling yeah, throughout the really course struggling. of the whole round. Yeah. yeah. 7 over now? Seven under. Morikawa seven under. Rory McIlroy, as of this writing, is three over. What's and he the is first round 14. record nine under? Is that right, Joe? Yeah, 63. We've had it, I think, in every round, I'm pretty sure. But we definitely have had some opening nine under 63s, some 63s to finish the week. Um, and if this golf course does not have the wind, we definitely want to keep our eye on the rough and see what that, you know, what that does to, to the scoring. But if you see nine under on day one, you might see 18 under on day four when it's all said and done. I do want to point out that some of those big names are still lurking. I mean, they're six shots back of the lead right yeah. now, but that's just because Morikawa has gone on the tear on the back nine. You have Patrick Cantlay at one under, Scotty Scheffler at one under, Billy Horschel at one under, John Rahm at two under. So if 
things go, as the way Joe C. just alluded to, there's a chance that one of those guys gets hot oh, tomorrow, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, and they could make a run like Colin and, is. And, and, you know, just for what it's worth, everyone looks at a leaderboard on Thursday and they're like, like as an example, Chad Ramey, Taylor Pendrith, Min Woo Lee, they're all going, who the hell is Chad Ramey? Well, Ramey's a, a past winner on tour, but he is not a, a name that you necessarily know. Min Woo Lee is an Australian. You don't know a lot about him. He came over from the European Tour, but he qualified for this tournament, which means he's good, uh, and he was able to get out to a quick start. Taylor Pendrith from Canada, been on the tour for a while. But the thing you need to know, first-day lead doesn't necessarily mean last-day lead. Uh, Leon, it's like having that – have you been in some games where you've been trailing in the first quarter uh, and then you ended up on the right side of that game? Uh, mm, right, absolutely. Throughout <laughs> my whole career. Yeah, once you got to triple out. Oh, yeah, listen, listen. You don't win the game. That's why you play four quarters of football, not yeah. the first quarter. I've yeah. been in situations, been down 14 nothing in the first quarter. Yeah. But you do steady, peck away, peck away, peck away. Then you get them in the fourth quarter, you start looking over there, they start to get a little tired, the hands on their hips, they're a little distraught. Exactly. You do a couple of plays, next thing you, you take over. Yeah. So I think it's the same way with golf. Yeah. So the leaderboard. Experience. Exactly. The leaderboard in, in, in Thursday is nice, yeah. but the winners are in Sunday. Yeah, it's a first quarter score is what there it is. Go. That's all it is. Brother Sealy's come in, mm-hmm. looking sharp, saying hello. He's got the pastels on, which, by oh, the yeah. way, I know oh, we yeah. said on yesterday's ah. program, will you wear the pastels? JJ said, no, it's 10-10 day. We have to wear 10-10 gear. Yeah. I did bring. There's one guy that's got the pastels on right now. I yeah. did bring. <laughs> right. I did bring because I didn't know what the situation was going to call for. But we, right. but I don't have it on yeah. because, as I've alluded to earlier in the week on the program. my gra- brand new, too. Yes, my Grammy bought it for me at the outlet. Yeah, oh yeah, you can't wear that. You can't wear that. You can't wear that. You can't wear Greg Norman. Can't, can't wear Greg Norman. Yeah, Although we did see some allowed. Greg Norman on the course. That's not allowed at the Players' Championship. Yeah, so that's no bueno. Yes, we're staying away from that. Which, by <laughs> the way, boys, uh, did get caught up on full swing. Got two episodes yeah. to go. I don't know if you guys have, I have been tearing um, through it at all. But I've, I've pulled uh, Geo into uh, the Netflix series. It's awesome. It's a really great series, but I got through the episode last night with Dustin Johnson. Mm-hmm. And after the Ian Poulter episode, which really focused around the Players' Championship, and it was cool to relive the monsoon that was last year, not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Ian Poulter really wouldn't give a specific reason as to why he was going to the Live Tour series. Yeah. Whereas Dustin Johnson very specifically said, he goes – if you had the opportunity to do the same job for less hours and more money, right. wouldn't you do it in any yeah. line of work? And listen, I don't agree necessarily with everything that is going on with regards to the Live Series, but yeah. I was just so happy that finally someone admitted openly that, yes, this is the situation, this is what I'm doing, I went for the money. Uh-huh. So at least TD. we finally got it. We, we haven't had enough of that. Who's better than TD, seriously? You know we have not had enough of that. Just to flat out say that is what I'm here for. Nothing You know what you're cash. here for, Josie? I'm here for this Ta- biscuit. I'm Taylor Dahl hand-delivering brought. some Silky's biscuits with Coach Campo oh to the 1010 booth. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And Coach looks like he's already eaten one of these biscuits. No, Coach went for the barbecue. Okay. Nice. Right. So he got some barbecue over on uh, at What'd you Chase have, Coach? Pulled pork? Little pork? Yeah. There, yeah. there you so, go. So our general manager. Steve Griffin brought them all out. Yep, let's have a round of applause. Yep. I know Dylan's back at 1010XL yep. World Headquarters. Not sure if uh, he's got that ability since J.J. is hanging with us here today. But uh, a round of applause. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, us a round of applause. <laughs> yes, yes. For, Thank uh, you, Steve. For Steve. Uh, for, for bringing everybody together, getting them out there at the uh, Taste of Jack's. And there were all these different menus because Taylor <laughs> basically polled 1010, said you name where you want to be because there are so many good spots on the grounds here at the stadium course. Listen, you better, you better put some respect on the J.J. cloud. He was over there taking pictures. I mean, it was fans coming by here oh, yeah. taking pictures oh, yeah. of well, J.J. because he's got the brand-new Gucci uh-huh. glasses. He's got that's, the Gucci, that's what it is, the yeah. Gucci and the hair. Yeah, yeah, The Gucci exactly. and the hair has got him looking fly. Clean-shaven. I kind of oh, yeah. wish 
I kind of wish he'd have brought the mullet to the players before <laughs> he got the, the, the sizzle yeah. cut. I kind of wish he would have done that. But, yeah. you know, he's clean shaven. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, the, it's been buzzed up top, so I totally get it. But, all right, the, the storylines are going to be plenty throughout the course of the day. So let's keep our eye on the leaderboard. But let's get to a couple of other things. And, you know, post-Calvin Ridley, there's been a lot of good reaction from his Players' Tribune story. And I was talking to uh, you know some Jaguar fans as I was coming up earlier, and they're like, "What? What an unbelievable thing he had to go through in 2020." And Leon, you know, when I don't know if you got all the nuts and bolts of what he posted on the players' trip, but having to play with what ended up being a broken foot and having to take shots and basically deal with it day to day, and he said that might have helped helped lead to the mental strain. Well, I mean, listen, this is his redemption tour. To be quite honest with you. I mean, he, he struggled with mental health. He struggled with injuries. He struggled with, um, I can't even say lack of productivity because when he was in Atlanta, he shined. 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. But he had some issues, mental health issues, the gambling issues. He gets suspended. He's on his own. Listen, when you're – I'm going to tell you something. When, when, I, when I retired from the NFL and I was about a year out of retirement, you feel alone. You feel abandoned. You don't have your teammates around. You don't have the coaching staff around. You have no real commitment in the morning. So right. you spend a lot of your time in the bed, basically feeling sorry for yourself. And hopefully, you know, that wasn't the case with him. But what I'm reading, that when he got suspended, he dealt with a lot of pressing issues that had to deal with him internally, mm-hmm. that he had to internally – he had to fight some demons. He had to fight some demons mentally, gambling, not playing, suspended, money, all that stuff factors in. Fans, family – uh, organization gets rid of him. And so he had some abandonment issues as well right. that he That's, had to deal yeah. with. He had well, some he abandonment said, issues. He said, he said, toward all or whatever shot he was taking, yeah. he said he would do it in practice. Then the painkiller would wear off. Then he'd have to go home and be a, a, a husband and Bro, a father. I, listen. And he said he was just laying in the dark. Bro, I know about those Torador shots. You take yeah. the Torador shot. I used to take Torador shots when I was with the Steelers. You take it before the game. Whatever's ailing you, you go out there and you play 33 hours and three hours and a half of football. Right. You play like a, a superstar. You play like a, a Superman. And then when you get home, it wears off. And all, everything that you would have felt in the game, you feel it that night or that, in the morning, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like someone on a caffeine high. Right. And then when they get home and they crash, that's the whole feeling with Tordo. When you take that shot. So I can only imagine what he was dealing with, what he was feeling with. He was taking that shot to numb the pain that was in his foot. He was, he was basically taking one for the team. Yeah. He was taking one for the team, playing on that kind of injury and having to deal with the ailments and the agony of that pain once the tortoise shot wear it off is, uh, had to be excruciating. Right. I, yeah. And I think, too, you know, and unfortunately, fortunately, we had some textures on the text line <coughs> this week brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures when we wanted to discuss that, say we don't want to talk about the negative. It was very impressive to see Calvin Ridley talk about the negative, to talk about – what he went through in his childhood. Talk about the fact that at eight years old, he has the day. He talks so excruciatingly, like honestly about it in this story about how on Halloween, he was eight years old. His aunt picked him up and said, your mom has to go away for a while. And he was dropped off into foster care and talks about having to take care of his brothers and sisters and what that went, what being going through that experience and essentially being on his own and having to be an adult at eight years old and what that did for him. And, you know, that was what was so impressive to me, Joe, is the fact that he talks about the mental health and the injury. He talks about missing this past year. And then he goes back to everything he went through in his childhood. The first time he ever took an airplane was on his official visit to Tuscaloosa and Alabama. Right. And so for him to go that in depth on so many different topics and be so vulnerable, 
Look, with all due respect, um, you know, our, our good friend Denny Thompson, the quarterback whisperer, mm-hmm. talked about how impressive it was that Anthony Richardson was vulnerable and did a self-hand account of his training for mm-hmm. the NFL Combine. This is as impressive <laughs> is of real. showing vulnerability and real as it is. And you can, you know, knock the Players' Tribune, oh, they don't actually write it. Guess what? They have to relay their story to the author, yeah. and then they co-write it together. So this means that Calvin Ridley shared all of this with this author and so for him to be that open and that vulnerable about so many topics mm-hmm. like it's impressive number one and number two i don't know if you guys got a chance to catch his conversation with bucky brooks on the jaguars digital channels yesterday he was extremely open with bucky as well and mm-hmm. very eloquent um i loved the line he had about how um he specifically now donna murphy's bringing us snacks too what a world um he specifically said to bucky how he knew his time with the falcons was coming to an end yeah and so when he was traded to the jaguars it gave him a little bit of a sense of purpose leon because there was a team he could root for plus the falcons were kind of mired in mediocrity and the jaguars were on this ascension and so he said the last three months were so fun for him because it gave him a team to tune in to watch it gave him a team to follow online and look at the numbers and stuff and that's a part of it we really haven't talked about no i mean i mean let's 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 be honest he's he was suspended for gambling okay so he's got that going right now he knows that he's missed the last 16 months he knows he has one shot right now. He's on a one-year deal right now. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is what he's playing for. So I, I think he's coming out, and the idea is this. I'm just going to let it all out there. I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm going to tell you why it happened. The history, of my, the history of me growing up is part of it. Whether you agree with it or not, it is. It's part of his, who he is, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So he's just going to lay it all out there and say, all right, now it's time for me to grow up. Now it's time for me to do the right thing. Now it's time for me to go play. Go yeah, you play. know, you know what, I, what I like about him is the fact that uh, – he had to be very. He had to be brave to, to be honest about his issues mentally. Sure. Because there's a lot of professional athletes that are dealing with the same things that he's dealing with, and they don't address it while they're playing. And then when they finish playing, uh, we use different vices to compensate for the fact that we're dealing with ailments, whether it be whether it be spending money, whether it be drinking, whether it be womanizing, whether it be all that kind of That's stuff. That's no different than anybody. Bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, th- th- yeah, those are those are the, the vices that you try to compensate for the fact that you're dealing with mental right. issues right? and play, play, players have to deal with it and, and it's, it's unfortunate uh but i'm glad that he, he got help i'm glad that he's going to get be given another opportunity to kind of rectify you know rectify his career and um yeah i i want to see them succeed because when he succeeds we all succeed sure because with, with with the talent base that we have offensively and you include him in it I was saying this yesterday. We've got to be top five in the NFL as far as offensive roster, as far as firepower goes. I mean, mm-hmm. I, this is not just not about winning the AFC anymore. This is about trying to get to a Super Bowl and winning it. it I mean, if he succeeds, his family exceeds, yeah. and it could end right there, which is what—that's the goal of this, right? Yeah. So th- that's number one, first and foremost. And I think then you go on to football. And I agree with you. If, if he gets himself together and gets him, he's focused. Yeah, it's fantastic because then that will translate. To the field, I, I can't. You know, every coach will tell you this: how you live off the field, and you know this, Leon, directly translates to how you play on well, the field. Yeah, because it, listen, a coach told me this. He said, "How you do the little things is how you do everything." All right, your habits, how, how your habits off the field, doing the right things, avoiding the bad things, translates into football. It, it, football is a game of inches, and if you, if you don't make that step or that block or that turn or whatever, 
it amounts to the difference between you getting the first down or the difference of you not getting the first down. So it transcends life and football transcends. That's why I love it so much. Yeah, and uh, it's just perspective and what he was able to go through. You hope that he hopes he's a better man for it, you know, that type of deal. And, and when he says, when you all talk about the name Calvin Ridley in 10, 20, 30 years, I'm going to make sure it rings out for the right reasons. That's a, that's a good thing to say, and that's what you want. Now, he also tried to endear himself to Kirk, to Zay, to Evan, who he believes will be back just like every other Jaguar fan out there pretty much believes that he is going to be not the piece, but yeah. a piece, and everyone's going to succeed and thrive. Yeah, listen, well, 10 years from now, when he decides to write a book, come to the big fella. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm putting him in the right direction. Because this got a book written all over it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and hopefully it, it ends well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fourth down and damn alignment story from Leon. If you haven't seen it, you can get it. You can listen. The Audible version is out there as well. You can definitely check it out. All right, so uh, Evan Ingram's the next big shooter drop, mm-hmm. and, and everyone's sitting there kind of waiting and wondering, and it may not happen right away. That tack could sit out there for quite some time trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do, where the money's going to fall. We are only right now looking at kind of a flat line amount of money to get the rookie pool signed. Mm-hmm. So something else has to happen, and this is even with – the Shaq Griffin release, okay? So that money only got moved around to help the rookie salary cap. So they're still going to have to make some decisions on who the 53 is going to be. But here's the thing. If you're the Jaguars, you don't want to prolong this thing. You don't want, you, you, you've got a nice little chemistry of, of, of young players. You add in Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. You want to hope, you, you hoping that this, 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 con- this contract translates before training camp or right. maybe before mini camp and all that kind of stuff because you want to have that nice chemistry together. Now, now Ingram, I mm-hmm. mean, he's got to make a business decision where he likes Jacksonville, he likes coach staff, he likes everything, like that, but he also wants to get paid. He does. He definitely he wants does. to get paid. So um, hopefully if you're the Jaguars, you don't let this thing carry over into training camp where he misses any time. Yeah, like uh, I don't know whether it's going to fall fall right for him or them, but both of them need to catch a break financially on both sides, mm-hmm. which means Evan does want to get paid his fair share, and he wants to make sure he has, a, I would believe, as long a contract as he can get. You know, he actually might not be tuning out on a two-year deal with uh, a, a fair amount of money guaranteed up front, especially me when we talk about the idea that that cap is, is going to balloon up a little bit. He might yeah. be into that. There is, yeah, and that's – yeah. And that, that is definitely a notion that was suggested to me a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, not just specifically to Evan Ingram, but to players around the league, that you take this one-year prove-it deal and then you get even more money on the back end of it. I don't get that sense from Evan Ingram. He also seems to be a team guy where, in reality, they could come up with a way where maybe his base salary this year isn't that $11 million Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. he's getting so much money up front, and that in turn frees up money for the Jaguars to sign additional players. I saw our boy boy Graham Cam suggesting Mm -hmm. on the timeline this morning, um, which I can confirm. I heard this name floated as well, too. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, mm-hmm. sounding like he's going to be released by the Eagles. Would he want to come home to Florida? I don't know if you have a room for him or it's a need for him. too pricey right now. Right. Well, right now you don't have money. Yeah. But if Evan Ingram's base salary, let's say, goes down to 7 or $8 million, and you give him upfront money, you create a little bit of room, and then depending on some of these other deals that you can you know, wheel and deal, yeah. potentially – could you have more money that way? If you restructure Rayshon Jenkins, like it's been speculated, there's a couple little things they could still do to create more room. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, getting Evan Ingram signed to a long-term deal would be one of the most prominent in creating more cap space. Yeah. If you run through, Matt, the ones who have already renegotiated, I mean, there's been a, a fair amount of guys that stood in line. Has Sheriff renegotiated? Yeah. Yes, no, yeah. already. Just yep. as far as, yes, yeah, just as far as, and, yep. and 
it makes it where uh, at the end of next year they could easily say goodbye to him with not a lot of dead cap money How about that, they'd to, that they'd have to absorb. No, he has not restructured, yeah, so, so that one. might be one. Okay, There's so one. if we roll through this list of who has and then who hasn't, Fadakasi definitely would be a candidate. Yeah. Um, I, Rayshon might be a candidate. Okay, I, I think that that might be a guy that needs to take a look at it because he might have a chance to stick around more than one year, Leon. I mean, again, you're talking about you are close right now. Yeah, yeah. If you think Chauncey Gardner, if you think well, he's the guy that can that can be your your what do you want what do you want to call your him your safety slot, nickel, your safety yeah. whatever you want to call him right. your hybrid that can go after Kelsey. Again, you got to figure out how you can beat Kansas City. If you think he can be that guy, get him. Yeah, go get well, him. It's and I, you know, I totally buy into the idea of that's the one, that's the piece that you want. Go get him. But finances being what they are, it still makes it very, very tough because we go back to the same thing we just said. You think Chauncey Gardner Johnson wants to take less? Uh, no, uh, he wants to go somewhere where he's going to get paid the most and he's going to be in the best position to win. And so you, every, everyone's got to marry that up. It's got to be both good for both. But sometimes sides. it's also one of two. He can the player can only take one of two. Mm-hmm. And as Maybe, shocking yeah. as it sounds, yeah. this franchise actually has the better of the two. Mm-hmm. Well, well, in theory, the better of the two, the chance to win a Super Bowl. If you've been in the league for a while and you want to win the Super Bowl, you're going to go where you think your best chance to win the Super Bowl is. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Is that uh, every it, it, what, what's changed dramatically in the city of Jacksonville and all of Duval can yell hell yeah right now? Is this team's on that list now? Yeah, it's no longer the money. It's, okay. the, it's the ability to win the Super Bowl. Uh, if, uh, we're, we're talking as little as 12 months ago. It was okay. I'm only talking to Jacksonville if they're the highest bidder. That's really what right, it was. So the worst team in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to be there unless someone pays me a heck of a lot of money to be there. Other than that, not interested. Now this is a team that you might. Leon, you might take a little less to come be a part of it. Yeah, especially if you're a seasoned vet, especially if you're a cap casualty. Uh, if you're a cap casualty by a team that cuts you or whatever and you're in your last couple of years in the NFL, of course you want to get the ring, especially if you don't have one. You're looking to find a team, a young developing team like Jacksonville that's on the verge where you can slip right in there and help to contribute. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this this would definitely be – this is a definite uh, – for a long time, we have not been a destinational place. No. But now, as of late, we are. Yeah. So. Herb named it the destination, 904. Let's Duval make it the destination. destination. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, we've got leaderboard updates coming up throughout our show, throughout the day, and throughout the players. We have coverage that's on one of our dials. We are the Superstation. That's what we bring to you. So we will do it from uh, beautiful uh, Sawgrass Square. If you're out here, if you're listening to us on the app, come by and say hello. We've got a number of them that have come by. Uh, some Taylor Doll fans have uh, shown up. Okay? Oh, and, they, and there's mullets, too. Yeah, and there's a mullet. Okay, They JJ, find their way to Taylor Doll. JJ, will you get a picture of that mullet and Ann Taylor and, and Young? I also need to tweet out the him, picture of – I'm going to call him Young Ricky Fowler right there. Yeah. And then that's going to be our – Picture for Big Hair Friday tomorrow. Wait a minute, you got to make sure they all they all, they all lean in on Zoom this. In one. On that I one. also yeah. didn't tweet out the picture of the day. Go. Besides Perfect. this, which is JJ getting to meet Donna Murphy's mom, yeah. who is the biggest Jordan Spieth fan on the planet. Uh-huh. She literally has her own designed clothing line of Jordan Spieth apparel uh-huh. that she has gotten, and she of course is a bi- <laughs> for the helmets and heels That's listeners awesome. out there. That's awesome. Uh, she's a huge fan of JJ's, and so they finally met today. So. Yeah. 
JJ has been the attraction. Oh, yeah. But as you're yeah. talking about our app, Josie, I do yeah. want to give a shout out to the PGA Tour app. Yeah. Brand new. They yep. redesigned it this offseason. You're going you're gonna to want to download it before you come to the tournament if you're coming this weekend because literally if you're the type of person that you're always lost trying to find a bathroom, you're lost trying to find tacos on 12, you have the ability – for the Players' Championship, if you have this app, to press explore. You can map yourself. Press event guide. It will literally tell you how many yards you have to travel, what direction, where to turn left, where to turn right, based on where you are. We have a video up on our 1010 social channels and video channels that it will walk you step-by-step step how to use it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so make sure you download that before you arrive here at TPC Sawgrass. And then also hit that video button with highlights at the end of each round because you'll hear Josie. That's really what I care about more than anything right. else. It's XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. We got all the celebrity sightings here on a beautiful opening day of the Players' Championship 2023. We got Grandpa Jerry, Hayden Hurst, Grandpa, Volunteer Extraordinaire, Coach Campo coming up at 2 o'clock, Flying Jack O'Brien providing you all of your TPC updates. High flying. Yeah. High flying. I, I swear, I've worked hey, here for over a year. JJ LaSelva is also on site, folks, if that's yeah. not enough to get you to want to come over to Sawgrass Square. And, and, and Jerry Hurst is one of the great – volunteer chairs there's so many good ones that through the years i bet he was the volunteer chair chairman of the of the you know pack of volunteers i bet 20 some years yep. ago and still very involved in it and very involved in unf uh he's a big time uh, osprey supporter. i got a good story for you josie yeah. that uh, our boy graham cam is currently working on back at the media center so we did this story a couple years ago when i was working at the tv station we walked around for 10 minutes mm -hmm. Our goal was to find who traveled the furthest to get to the Players' Championship. Right. And so when we did it four years ago, we got Venezuela, we got um, Ireland, and sure enough, we do it today, we do it this morning. We mm -hmm. get London, we get Scotland. It's unbelievable just how far people travel to Ponte Vedra to the First Coast to experience this tournament. But as we're walking, after we spoke to one of our friends, our new friends from London, mm -hmm. one of the players' volunteers yells over and goes, hey, does San Diego count? And I go, oh, but, like, you're from there, but, like, you don't live there now. And he goes, oh, no, 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 we live there right now. Our goal is to volunteer at almost every tournament on the tour. Wow. So we did the waste management a few weeks ago. Wow. We do Torrey Pines because we live out that way. And so now for the first time they are volunteering here at the players. It helps that their uh, two sons live in Middleburg. So uh, accommodations were a little bit easier to get to Jacksonville. Uh, that is wild. I do love that. Look, there are so many people that give so much of themselves, and we just don't realize it. They that's just kind, that's of kind of end of the yeah. spectrum. All right, hang on, no hang on. No yeah. offense to our boys yeah. in Middleburg, but that's yeah. Middleburg's here and yeah. San Diego's here. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. You, you leave San Diego, you're born and raised there, and you come to Middleburg. So um, We are, of course, keeping you updated as well on everything going on in the National Football League. Let's run through some of the other news and notes we saw from across the league. The Jets to trade. Uh, not for Aaron Rodgers, although those meetings apparently continue to progress as they traded for safety Chuck Clark of the Baltimore Ravens for a late-round pick. Meanwhile, there is a real possibility, according to Adam Schefter, that the Vikings and Adam Thielen could part ways yep. in the coming days, making the two-time Pro Bowl wide receiver a free agent. And so we're seeing some movement, not necessarily the blockbuster deals we thought we may see today, tomorrow, but we'll see what continues to happen. happen. Leon, uh, all these reports about... The ponytail-less Aaron Rodgers meeting with the Jets. It's now been about 48 hours since those meetings took place. You think he's going to New York? Are we, are we feeling it? 
I mean, if, if you're if you're the Packers, at some particular time, you just got you just got to cut bait. Wherever he goes, let him go. As long as you don't come back here, this is a, this has been ongoing for like five, six, seven years as far as Aaron Rodgers go. His his him's not knowing if he wants to come back and be a Packer or not. At this particular time, you need. I think he just just let him go where he needs to go. But as long as he doesn't come back to to Green Bay, so you're giving up then? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I mean, you're you're literally giving up on the season. I'm tired. No, no, how are you giving up on the season? For one guy. Well, he's, I mean, he's like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. And you could throw it in Jordan at, Love, who's at some literally done nothing. At, at some particular point, you've got to move on. You got to cut bait. You got to cut bait. Yeah. I guess. I mean, can can you <clears> win it? Can you win big with him? Well, well, no, but the problem is, is the guy. Wait, that, wait, what do you mean, though? No? You don't think you can win big with him? Uh, with Jordan Love? No, with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, well, of course. I think he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Right. At least he was coming into this year. This last year was not great. And it wasn't all just young receivers that were inexperienced. It had to do with him as well. It had to do with him. Mm, yeah, this I'm guy, a little shaky on that narrative. Okay, no, listen. This guy had one of the most prolific stats you could ever have in the game. He threw four touchdowns for every pick. Might even been slightly more than that. Unheard of type of productivity in not making mistakes. Then he started making mistakes this year. Started missing guys. And the idea that he wasn't there in the offseason to try and bring young guys along, that's that's – that that's selfish I, as hell. I, I I don't know how you go from the two best years, arguably the two best years of your career, yeah. to a season like last year, right. and it's all your fault. Yeah, I, I, well, I no, don't no, no, see no. that. Okay, but here's the other part of this. This goes to the Trevor conversation. You can only keep a good team around so a, long, a quarterback. Yeah. So for so long, mm-hmm. it just gets too expensive, and so. When they decided to give him $150 million guaranteed, three one-year $50 million contracts, which is now, what is the cap, $59 million? Is that what it is? Some craziness? Well, they were able to keep Aaron Jones. They were able to keep uh, A.J. Dillon back there because he was on a rookie deal. But they had to say goodbye to Devontae Adams. Right. They had to let him go, basically move him and, and just and, and suffer the loss. And then you had other guys, Bakhtiari being hurt. They had already paid him a bunch of money. Uh, you go on and on. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, not the same team. And so it's hard. And you at some point just got to bite the bullet and say, you know what, we got we got to start over. Is Especially, Jordan Love going to be anywhere near as good as Aaron Rodgers? Hell no. If he is, but they, they're going to ta- have to eat it. I think Taylor Dahl and all the Bears fans may actually go insane yeah. if they go three oh. for three. Um, because that's the fact of the matter. I mean, when have the Packers in the past 25, 30 years rebuilt? Mm-hmm. Honest question. When was the last time they rebuilt? Was missing the playoffs this year? Was struggling when Aaron Rodgers was out for an extended time three, four seasons ago with injury when they quote-unquote rebuilt? Because I wouldn't consider that a rebuild by did, yeah. any stretch of the imagination. They have not rebuilt since the early 1990s. Yeah. That is, I don't think there's another team in the National Football League that can say that. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's so eye-popping, some of the stuff that they have – enjoyed through the years uh, in terms of success. It'll blow your mind. I was looking for Rick Gosselin, uh, who has a piece on what they have had. And if I can pull it up, I'll be able to throw the numbers at you. I'm telling you, it's nuts uh, how good they've had it at that position for as long as they've had the it. The quarterback position. At that position. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and, you know, I vote in this power poll. And if I can pull it up, I'll find it. But, you know, they basically asked, quick question, Leon. Who's the best Green Bay quarterback that they've ever had in franchise history? Is it Brett Favre? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Or is it Bart Starr? Who would you vote? 
Aaron Rodgers. Okay, maybe the best arm. Pure, the best pure. Pure, pure, pure passer? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Only, Aaron Rodgers. Only one of those guys day. has okay. two rings. Okay. Huh? Only one of those guys has two rings. Yeah, well, Bar- yeah. yeah, one of those guys has Bar- five Star. NFL championships. Yeah, Let's true. make yeah. that clear. Well, that's okay, true. he won five in a row. Three NFL championships, then two Super Bowls. And I, I voted for Bart Starr. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. if you're talking, you know, a guy in the 60s versus a guy in the in – the, Are we saying the, the the greatest champion or are we saying the best player? I know. Player? I love how you're doing that because – As the greatest champion, champion is, the best, is Bart Starr, right, of course. Greatest yeah. player is probably Rodgers. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Greatest player, right. I would go Aaron Rodgers. Greatest champion is Bart Starr. But even, even before even before Favre, Dan Mikowski was really good at, at, for them. You know, he had, he had a couple really – like uh, I think he had money made the Pro Bowl one year for them. Mm-hmm. They've Magic always Man. had yeah. They've always had like, was there. They've always had like good quarterbacks there. Yeah. And, and listen, listen before Bar- before Lynn Brett Dickey. Favre, before Brett Favre, Green Bay was a wasteland. It was where no team wanted to go in the early nineties. Trust me, I was sitting there draft there in nineteen ninety two. They had the fifth pick overall, Say, and I was no. please, please don't, <laughs> please don't let me go the Green Bay. Uh, and I'm not the only one. Now, who who ended up getting picked that year was uh, Terrell Buckley. He ended up mm-hmm. Terrell Buckley ended T-Buck. up going going to the Green Bay Packers. But as a as a, a college player, I, I, I think the only reason why Green Bay got the narrative got the narrative that nobody wanted to go. I think Reggie White. Changed that whole narrative during free agency when he unexpectedly went to Green Bay and kind of put him on the map. But before that, before the Brett Favre days, mm-hmm. nobody wanted to go to Green Bay. And Reggie White took him over the top. Absolutely. For what it's worth, Leon, I mentioned how we're working on that story where we were wandering around seeing how fast, uh, how far people traveled to the Players' Championship. Uh-huh. We found three Buffalo Bills fans walking really? around TPC. Only one of them actually came from Buffalo in the last three days. The others now live here in Florida. Um, but I, I did find that interesting. And to your point about Reggie White, of course, when I asked them, like, how are you feeling about the Bills next year, all three of them said, well, we're getting Von Miller back next year, and he's going to take us over the top. Well, I'm not sure if you're going to take him over the top, but he's damn sure going to help. <laughs> Well, we've talked about that on this program. Matt has said that that Bills defense looked old when the oldest guy on the team got hurt and went away. It did. And and I was very disappointed in Greg Russo. I just thought he was going to have a come-out party. I mean, he was was underneath the tutelage of Von Miller the year before, had a nice little breakout year. I thought he was ready and equipped to kind of take things over. But they definitely, especially in that Cincinnati Bengals game during the playoffs, I mean, that defense got pushed around in in their house, in the snow, where all the variables, all the variables were in play for Buffalo to win that game, right. mm-hmm. and they couldn't, they couldn't get any pass rush, they couldn't stop the run. I mean, Joe Cool, I mean uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, he got it done. I mean, so they they've got to rectify that. And your guy Josh Allen throwing interceptions in the red zone, all that, and being reckless with the football. I mean, my my my, my pick before the season was Buffalo to make it to the Super Bowl, but the way they played towards the end, especially as reckless wow. as they were towards the end. That uh, ended all that. I'll put Sean McDermott on notice. Oh, I yeah, like putting too. people on notice, and, yes. and they will run his butt right out of there if they waste all that talent next year. They really will. And Josh Allen, like we said yesterday, he needs to make sure that he starts uh, limiting those mistakes because he is a pricey, pricey Buffalo Bill right now. I think it's almost turned right now in the AFC. I, I mean, you it's clearly with the Bengals, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could. Well, the Bengals I, I also, mean, yeah. You could easily make an argument that the Jaguars. Right. You could even you could even argue with the Chargers as well. I mean, they have they're starting to now look at okay, uh, their right wide receiver core with mm-hmm. Josh Allen. Other than one of the top five receivers in the game, what do they have? Mm-hmm. Like, what do they have there? 
Right. The running backs, I mean, I think Cook will be a decent back at some point. Mm-hmm. He was decent last year. Could right. be better. But what do they have? Yeah, they reached for him. Cole Beasley. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they had to, they had to sign back. Cole Beasley in the yeah. last month of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's you could, you could easily make the argument that it's starting to turn now in the AFC. And that, and that the Bills are moving down and the Jags and the Chargers are moving up. Well, especially knowing, too, that the Bengals have the third most cap space in the National Football League this offseason as of this writing. You would figure they're going to use some of that to pay Joe Burrow this offseason. You would think, potentially, because they don't have the fifth-year option with uh, T. Higgins because he was a second-round pick, will they pay him this offseason? What does that leave them wiggle room-wise to then potentially sign additional free agents and then truly take them over the top? And Joe Mixon, too, apparently this – there's a thought process in Cincinnati they might let in. Whatever him became of the reports earlier this week of there was like a shooting at Joe Mixon's house or something that never materialized. I, I was, I'm genuinely like I didn't see if anything. I don't know. Else. I don't know if yeah. it materialized either. I don't know if anything materialized or not. I saw that earlier this week, but what can you do? Uh, other news and notes around the National Football League, a little bit closer to home. The Pouncey Twins officially retired as Miami Dolphins, or should I say Mike Pouncey retired Mm -hmm. as a Miami Dolphin today. His brother was also on the scene in South Florida. Uh, Leon, I'm going to show you this picture. He's dropped 70 pounds since his playing days. He says that he and his brother have been eaten like rabbits. When we were playing, we ate like pigs. (laughs) Yeah. So. That's what I'm trying to get. (laughs) Huh? Yeah, but listen. You All of these other pictures are just crazy. How, how skinny he's become. Good for him. And that's like uh, almost Joe Thomas like skinny. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Right. Joe, well, just look at his neck. Yeah. It's similar to Joe Thomas. Yeah. That Joe it just Thomas is one. Well, you, you got you, you so got to think as when it comes to offensive line, the amount of calories that we we're told to consume mm-hmm. and the weights we're told to lift to keep us, you know, in the trenches. I mean, to take on 300, 350 pound defensive players. Or, right. You got to put on that kind of weight and mass throughout your career. It's bad for your joints, your heart, and all that kind of stuff. So when guys retire, they're looking to get all that weight off, whatever they, whatever capacity they can do it. Pouncey, looks, he looks like one of the cartel yeah. twins. And here's well, here's, well, here's Marquise too. So here's his twin brother. Wow. They both have been eating like rabbits. Man, well, good for them. Yeah, they're good. both they're both looking oh, pretty yeah. pretty healthy. Yeah, they're looking mm-hmm. healthy, which is good to see, but. Shocking, those offensive line bodies. But, of course, the Pouncey Twins are part of Florida's national championships in the mid-2000s. Uh, speaking of Miami, JJ, I think you may want to come over to hear, uh, hear this. It's not really a that, but we're going to hit a that because we haven't yet this show and because yeah. it features one of our favorite characters. Dylan, are you ready for a that just happened? That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Former Miami offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis has been hired by Mike Loxley as Maryland's OC quarterbacks coach. Yeah. Give us the uh, patented JJ. Uh. <laughs> Listen, they're going 0-11 next year. I doubt they will score two touchdowns. Sorry, Talia. Tagovailoa <laughs> Sorry, means Maryland. nothing. It's a wrap. Oh. It's a re- regression just like we saw under TVD. I'm glad that he still is making a paycheck, though. Good for him. Still right. conning America and, yeah. and the football world. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. All right, by the way, where is <laughs> And congratulations the- for hitting that that just happened and finding it, Dylan. You're yeah, doing a good exactly. job. I'm proud of you. I mean, he was Thank only you, like the Burroughs Award winner a year before he went to Miami, but, yeah, he's conning America. <laughs> yeah, that's because he had Harbaugh to thank for setting everything up perfectly I mean, I guess. for him. Uh, all right, JJ, on the grounds. Uh, you've been moving around just a little bit. What do you think so far? Uh, our setup is sweet. Is First of all, perfect weather. Yeah. There's no sun out here, which I'm loving. And it's not too cold. It's not breezy. It's perfect. 
I was hoping that our boss would be here so he would see me, see that I'm here, and then I could take off and go have fun. <laughs> so far, we haven't seen Steve, so I'll stick around. Yeah. But so, I'm loving it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. All right, we're going to take a look at the leaderboard coming up here in just a second with our man Jack O'Brien as we keep it rolling. We are right here, Sawgrass Square. We are near 10T. We're near par 516T. We're near the uh, permanent restrooms. We've got four Which rivers next to us. Behind 18 bleachers at 18 green. All you got to do is kind of come cruising through here. If you're coming through one of the main gates, I think it's the Davis Love entry. We would love to see you. It's XL Primetime on a Thursday overcast and the scoring right now, ripe. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. We are hanging out at Sawgrass Square, beautiful TPC, the stadium course at Sawgrass, as we are loving it, opening day of play. And you certainly have seen some low scores, overcast skies. You can't ask for better weather. You know, you want the sun to come out, obviously, but when you're talking about nice, cool temperatures on a, on a March day, I don't think you can beat this. We're looking at the leaderboard, and we're just talking about, you know, who's been able to get off to the quick start. And at the top of the leaderboard, you know, you got Colin Morikawa, who is a world-class player. Let's remind ourselves, yeah. he has a Claret Jug and a Wanamaker Trophy, okay? We're talking about somebody really, really good. But he hadn't won this past season, had a chance to win in the beginning of our calendar year, had, I believe, as much as a seven-shot lead on Sunday and lost out to John Rahm in Hawaii. So Sunday's going to be the challenge for him. I did Hacker After Dark last night. I know you guys were listening. And I told him, I said, if Morikawa can handle Sunday, he, there's no reason why he shouldn't be one of the guys trying to hoist this trophy, which will be huge. The other guys right now are kind of unknowns. Adam Svensson was a guy who's moved up the leaderboard from Canada. He won the RSM Classic. So he won right up the road, the seaside course, uh, on some Bermuda greens up there. So we'll find out what he can do. But there's plenty of other ones that are moving on up. Uh, our boy Mark Carnival mentioned Denny McCarthy. Uh, and said he's a guy he that, you know what, might be a wild he card did. guy. He's four under. He's T5, four under par right now. And like I, as soon as Carney said it, I'm like, you know this, I know this. If that dude gets hot rolling the ball, he is such a good putter. Definitely a good putter. All right, off the text line, we were talking about a few things as far as the uh, NFL is concerned. Right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I will say, uh, is that your sneaky pick then that you mm -hmm. were that you were if, alluding to? Yeah. Since we I, did have a texter on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures say that he uh, here it is. He says, yo, Joe C, I don't watch golf, but who should I drop ten dollars on this week uh, okay. on a sleeper that I should bet on? Is Denny McCarthy yeah. your sleeper pick? Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And by the way, you know, there are guys that you can bet day to day. And so McCarthy might be a good Friday bet. Cam Davis from Australia might be a good Friday bet. Uh, I'm looking at a few other guys that might be good. In the name of Dan Hicken, Taylor Montgomery, uh, who he played in the Pro-Am with and was on their show, he's two under. So you might have to look at a Friday bet. You might be able to get some action for guys who are going to be going off later on today. How about uh, Golf Jesus? Uh, you know, Tommy Fleetwood is also – one of those early week guys. I'm looking to see if I see. Always, right? Okay, so right now he's at level par. He finished. Shot a 72 today. So he didn't even he didn't even uh, touch red today. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Keith Mitchell was a guy that I was kind of leaning on yesterday. He's also finished for the day. Shot even par. So he's T34. So right now there are 33 guys that are in red figures. That's pretty good. 
when we just had the, you know, basically the morning flight wrap up and we got the afternoon flight going out there, you know, some powerhouse groups this afternoon, that's for sure. All right, so also off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, thank you, 7964. We appreciate the nice note with regards to some of our players' videos that we have up on the 1010XL channels. You can check that out, including your players' ultimate fan guide bucket list video. Graham Marsh just posted that one. You'll want to go check that out before you head on out here to the course. But we also have lots of folks, Leon, who have some specific thoughts about Bart Starr not being your greatest Packers quarterback of all time. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> you know, I'm open. Persuade me. Mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm, this is so. So here's from 9201. I'm not persuadable, but go he ahead. He says, "You voted Bart Starr. You never even watched him play." He played against a bunch of slow white quarterbacks. Oh, Nothing go. sounds more ridiculous. Retract it. Okay. Brett Favre, by the way. Also, Leon is one of the greatest football players of any position of any time or era. Yeah, so he's talking about us on the other side. Oh, he's talking the, about you guys. Yeah, yes. the side that Leon was yes. on. Uh, because, you know, what you have to do is you got to have an open mind and not just look at the latest and greatest. And uh, is today's athlete better than that uh, generation's athlete? Uh, the answer is yes, okay? I think we all know that. And so now you got to go generationally and take a look at who was the best against the people they were playing. Uh, are there bigger, faster, stronger guys today? Hell yes. And then here comes the classic line. Do you think Bart Starr could do that in today's NFL? Uh, he'd be a different athlete, okay? He mm. would be. He would be at the same training table, in the same weight room, with the same type of guys. He's in the same Larry Bird guys. his craft. You know? Where's Bird JJ? Couldn't, Let's couldn't have the MJ debate yeah. again. Couldn't play in the NBA yeah. right now. And, and so, Ridiculous. look, I look, at, I look at leadership and I look at playmaking ability. Aaron Rodgers, when Leon said it, I'm like, I like that you had that take, man, because that guy, even though he has just one ring, he has been great for a long time. He's just now kind of tailing off just a little bit. But he should have more rings, and it's really not all his fault. It's some of those other guys that they put around him, Leon, when you You're think of the defense and the run game. You're saying, Brett, are, you, are you saying Aaron Rodgers has underachieved? Or the organization has underachieved him? Yeah, I think the organization. Yeah, absolutely. You've got, you got that phenomenal talent like Aaron Rodgers. You only got one Super Bowl appearance and right. one championship. Right. Absolutely they've underachieved. Yeah. And, look, Brett Favre had one. And they went back the next year, and they pounded the Patriots, beat the H out of them. And you thought, okay, they're just going to go back. Here comes Mike Shanahan's Broncos. You're like, whatever, they're going to win that game. And then guess what? Upset. That was the helicopter run that that John Elway had right near the goal Mm -hmm. line. And then the Broncos went back-to-back Super Bowl titles. So it can happen in a hurry. You don't hear from Brett Favre after that. And the same thing has happened with Aaron Rodgers. I think they went on the road. As a wild card and won their Super Bowl. Yeah, they Bowl. beat the Steelers sure. in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they yeah. were a wild card. They were a sixth seed. And they and they were a number one seed two years ago and lost. They were a divisional round loser last year. Didn't make it to MVP the championship game. They twice of the last three seasons, yeah. and they did what? Were they back-to-back number ones, or they were one and two? I think one, one and two. two. One and two. He, yeah. he had won the MVP yeah. Yeah, right. both of those well, seasons. Well, back-to-back so. MVP. Though. Yeah. Uh, Bob in the SJC on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures wants to make sure we address the fact that Bart Starr was a star at Alabama. <laughs> wants to make sure we get that another on one of the great Crimson yeah. Tide quarterbacks from back in the day. It's hard to believe that they had Joe Namath, they had Ken Stabler, they had Bart Starr, and it wasn't until Mark Ingram that somebody hoisted the Heisman Trophy. Honestly, that is unbelievable. And as many national titles as they've given themselves through the years, roll tide roll. Uh, you know, they only had one Heisman Trophy winner uh, when Mark Ingram was the first one to get it. It's crazy. Really crazy to think about it. By the way, Ramey went to 8-under, yeah. 17, birdie 17, and then just hit a bomb on 18 Yeah, off the tee. 
All right, it's so funny. Hayden Buckley earlier aced the 17th, okay? He opens up with a couple of birdies, then loses a shot at 15. Aces 17. It's the 11th hole-in-one at 17. Then birdies 18, which is not easy to do. Right. So he turns in 32, okay? So what are we saying? Pretty good scorecard, right? Yeah. Four under. He finishes one over par. Wow. So, boom, he gets to the other side of the golf course and things change in a hurry. He went uh, – he lost – Four shots over six holes and ends up shooting 32-41. Okay, nine-shot difference from one side of the golf course to the other. That tells you how hard it can be. Uh, and I just – I'm looking at fans. Can we get a little wind here? We need just a little wind, don't we? No. Just to kind no of wind. challenge these players no. a little bit After the wind more. yesterday, I will take it's this. Scores, yeah, man. I just – I don't want to see dark You're going to have some rain tomorrow. That may make yeah. some for some challenging conditions. Well, it'll make the fairways longer, but it's still going to set up to where they can just fire right at flags, we, honestly. We did have another one on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures asking about the ninth hole, Josie. Yeah. The tee box obviously was yep. moved back. Mm-hmm. The Oasis by featuring Tito's Stillhouse Lounge is now – yeah. out there I can tell you from playing in the media outing last month again take that for what it's worth because I am very much an amateur golfer uh it was a grind on hole nine we're mm-hmm. just seeing some of the first groups now come off the course and meet with reporters and so as we hear from those golfers we'll let you know what they're feeling about that hole one as well as the rest of the course in particular and how well it's playing today um but have you heard anything Joe well, as far like as that hole number nine Carney was talking about it the other day it's 602 yards. It's the okay. longest hole on the course Yeah, now. think of yeah. it. Look, par fives, uh, they're used to seeing 550, you know, in that neighborhood. But they tried to stretch this bad boy and recreate the angle off the tee that's going to basically get them to play to the right side and then have a second shot in. And so I'm looking here at the ninth right now. It's the 12th easiest hole on the golf course. We've already seen 13 birdies made at nine, uh, in the, you know, with the first flight coming through. But we've seen 11 bogeys, okay? So that's actually kind of good because that means that these guys who are playing aggressive, you know, might get stung in the butt if they go for that green and two. So, yeah, moving that hole with the tee box more to the right as you stand at the tee forces them to make a decision. And they, they want to see him play driver off of there and then try and go for uh, the green and two. But I love that. I love that. And we're going to see what the uh, par 4 12th looks like coming up in just a little bit as well as far as where things are going on that side of the golf course. Uh, I hope it sets up weather-wise to where we're going to see a little wind over the course of the, the next couple of days. So tomorrow, low of, low of 60, high of 78, with a 60% chance of rain. We will see low scores through the first two days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel that way. You know? Shane from the town center wants to know, what is the current balls in the drink count on 17? Especially knowing, Joe C, mm-hmm. that we did open up the phone lines yesterday. We got some nooners in on the fun. Yep. Uh, our, our man Derek from the Golf Club of Southampton, who I, probably is out here today somewhere, he hooked us up with a foursome, and we have a balls in the drink contest. JJ got all of them. I got a few off of social media, and it's the total number of balls in the water at 17 over the course of the weekend. Now, keep this in mind. You hit one off the tee, and you go in the water, and then the next one, you go to the drop area, and you hit another one into the water. That's one dude tossing two into the drink. They all count, uh, and we'll find out. I'm looking to see if I can find balls in the water over here at the 17th on shot link. I'll come up with it in just a second uh, and take a look at it so we can uh, give people an update. We have not seen that many because we haven't seen that much wind. So one dude who guessed 12. You know, JJ's like, dude, the, the the vast difference of these of these predictions. It, it could if it, if the wind doesn't I mean, blow. The morning around might get twelve alone. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, but if, if the wind doesn't blow. If it doesn't, right, yeah. Yeah, we may have a total of 12 uh, by the time Sunday rolls around. <laughs> so, you know, it's just it's all conditions-based, and we'll find out what they end up doing, um, you know, over there at, that, at, the, at the Island Green 17th. Such a great amphitheater around there. It's so good. Who are you looking at, Ramey? He's Ramey's on his approach shot. He's going to stick it. Stick oh. it on 18. So give yeah. us a little more insight into who Chad Ramey is exactly, Joe. He won, I'm almost positive he won the Corrales Punta Cana Championship uh, either last year or the year before uh, down in the Dominican. Uh, it is a beautiful golf course. And I'm, I want to say it was last year that he was able to pop up and win, and that's what got him in, in the players. Thank you guys for coming by. Thanks for listening to 1010. Uh, and, and so anyway, tournament winner, uh, Corn Ferry Tour grad, Comes up, has well, a handful of top tens, but that victory right there gave him a bunch of FedEx Cup points, got him into the top 125, got him into the postseason, and then he was able to make it here on that on that week, basically. So for perspective, he didn't play in the API last week, yeah. but Ramey missed the cut at the Honda Classic, right. the cut at the Genesis Invitational, the cut yeah. at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He did play in the Pro-Am at Pebble Beach. He did play in Hawaii. He made both. He made the fourth round of those. I'm pretty sure there's no cut in the Hawaii event. No, there's not. And, and he was there I, as I don't a think winner, there's a cut in the Pro-Am either. Yeah. Um, so this is a guy who hasn't made a cut, an actual cut, since the Zozo Championship and the Shriners Children's Open last October. And he's Gosh. one off the course first, yeah. first round record. Right? Yeah, and, and it's funny because you go back a few years, James Hahn won at the Wells Fargo. And I'm trying to think this is when the tournament was in May. So right. the Wells Fargo was right, kind of right before, close to uh, when the players were being played. Anyway, he had missed eight straight cuts. And he goes there and he wins. And so there's all these stories, just like out of nowhere type of performances where they step up. All of a sudden they figure it out. It could be equipment change. It could be anything. Uh, working with their coaches, just a slight grip change. Who knows what it is? Uh, but, yeah, it can add up to big things if they get it right. Uh, that's for sure. And then we've seen plenty of guys go in the wrong direction because if you get off to a, a bad start here, there is, it's really tough to claw your way back. Even though we're seeing some of these low scores from some of these cats early, that ain't easy if you get off to a, a negative start, which is, you know, like Rory McIlroy right. and some I of I was just going to say, Rory currently sitting at three over. That is T96. The afternoon groups are just teeing off now for perspective. He's got one hole still to play. He certainly can make it up tomorrow, but with the impending potential showers, that would make for a tough go of it for the 2019 Players' Champion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's a bummer. We like seeing the big names rise to the top. I, I, I get the feeling we're still going to see a lot of those big names, a handful of them, that are going to be able to pop up. By the way, Leon, since yeah. I know you uh, – uh, you regard your alma mater as a basketball school now. Miami currently up 44-33 on Wake Forest up in Greensboro at the nice. ACC tournament. Nice, yeah. We're officially a basketball school. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Tyree Appleby, by the way, has nine points in that game so far, just for the Gator fans Just, just a couple of schools, you know, tagging on the coattails of FSU, Clemson, and North Carolina in that conference. All right, now that That's may all. bring us to this one what little piece here. Hey, hey according, <laughs> according to those three schools, yeah. They want more money. Yeah, that may bring us oh, to this okay. one piece. So let's just at least touch on this, and then we'll get ready for another leaderboard update and then what? come back to this. But uh, Leon, Leon wants to defend his alma mater. Yeah. No, wait, wait a minute. We're not on that list for more money? No. Why not? We're not. a bigger brand than all, th all three of those you just mentioned. You're not uh, we, we are. I think you need yeah, to. I mean, you're not. I think you need to check the brand because right now you may want to reassess. It, it, it used to be selling um, at Macy's. Now it's at, K at Kmart. No, okay, no, no, no. we're not Florida. 
We're, we're still at Macy's. All right, so North Carolina <laughs> athletic director, Bubba, who I love that name, love just right off, right off the jump, Bubba Cunningham, he has now thrown his name into the hat as far as the ACC leaders that want to change the way the conference distributes revenue. And we've been talking about this, and Matt and I have been arguing about it, and I'm saying, hey, FSU and Clemson have stepped up. They made their voices heard. They don't like what's going on, and they're probably making a play to see if they can put some pressure on the ACC. Here's the quote. Equal distribution was very appropriate, particularly when you had eight schools in your league. The OG, you know, just talking about what they do now, as your league expands – the footprint expands. The number of sports that you offer differs. The overall value to the league and its media markets is different. And I think some of us are starting to suggest we need to re-examine that and take a look at where is the value and how do we distribute the money. And the one thing that he makes a very good point of, I believe, Matt, is he basically says that you look at the schools that put money into their programs to make sure they compete at the highest level. There is not an even playing field inside the conference, and yet everyone gets an even share of what's being collected. Everything Bubba Cunningham said is true, 100% true. And I would even put Miami in there. But, but the reality is this. Syracuse, Boston College, NC State, Wake Forest – they're not giving up that money just to give it up. I know. Just I know. to say, oh, yeah, okay, well, you guys can have half our share. We'll take less just to make you happy. That's not going to happen. So that's a problem. And then the second problem is even really the bigger problem. What's their leverage? What are they going to do, leave? Right. They can't leave because of the grant of rights. is through 2036. And even if they could get out of that, and they can't, but let's just say they do, you still need somebody that wants to take you into their conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I keep feeling – there's one more big swing that's going to take place. They, they, they make more money than the Big 12 right now, so they're not going to the mm-hmm. Big 12. No. And, and, the, unless, only, the only conferences they could go to would be the SEC and the Big 10. Right, unless you merge and you create your own big conference, ACC and Big 12. Still not going to get more money. Yeah. Well, just, They just won't. Like right now, if you go back and look at the 2020-2021 year, according to this story, uh, the ACC generated a record $578 million in the 2021 academic year. Right. Okay? That is a ton of cash. Now, that's also because Notre Dame was because in Notre there Dame as a football it. member right. that year. And the league distributed $34.9 million to Notre Dame, $38.1 million to, uh, to Clemson. They want to get back to where they're seeing more money come into their coffers sure they do. with the big boy schools. Sure they you know, do. I but get at, it. But at the end of the day, the ESPN's not going to re, they're not going to redo that deal. No way they'll do it. ESPN right now is worrying how they're going to take care of the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma. Right. Because they have to make them whole or more than what the Big Ten's earning right now. So they, they have a ways to go with that. Yeah. They're not going to redo anything with the ACC because they don't need to. And the Big 12, they just did the Big 12. The Big 12's average team payout now is going to be about $30 million. Mm-hmm. So you could put the Big 12 and the ACC together. You could do a scheduling agreement. It's not going to increase the value of the conference, though. Yeah, and look, they know it's panic time. That's where they're at. That's yeah, basically where they are. Yeah, because the Big Ten and the SEC schools are yeah. getting $80 million, yeah. $90 million. And if they can raise hell and figure out a way to legally break a contract uh, yeah, and still get luck. the money, which is good luck with that type of thing, we'll see. All right, leaderboard updates coming your way. We have got plenty more when it comes to the Jaguars. We'll get back into them coming up in just a second. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010, as we come to you. Look who's here, by the way. Ooh, the this players. is a teaser if I ever heard one. Yep, we're going to say hello to this man, Carney, who's coming off the grounds, coming up here in just a sec. 
This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. If you're hearing this, you're listening to us on the Superstation 1010 AM 92.5 FM because on our stream, I'm being told, at least on one of the streams, we have the University of Florida taking on Mississippi State in the SEC men's basketball tournament where the Gators currently trail Mississippi State 23-15 about midway through the first half. We are joining you live from beautiful TPC Sawgrass for the opening day of the Players' Championship 2023. Leaderboard updates, a conversation with our guy Mark Carnival to come. But real quick on the basketball front, Josie, uh, I completely forgot. And, again, I'm an AP voter. I'm, I'm following some of these other basketball games. Right. Didn't even know Florida was playing right now. <laughs> oh, Sorry to the bosses. Well, uh, like, I mean, that, unfortunately, that's just the nature of how this season has kind of devolved for Todd Golden and the gang. Well, I think you could, uh, you know, you have BC, you know, AD and BC and all that stuff. Uh, this is pre-Castleton injury and post-Castleton injury. So PCI, either way you want to go. And when he started scoring, Gator fans were paying attention. They were running the offense through him. Anyway, bottom line is he goes down with that injury, and all, all has been lost. That's why they're not paying attention. Some other hoop scores for you hoop junkies out there who are getting ready for March Madness, which uh, we will be live on location at Sliders next Thursday, a week from today oh, in yeah. Atlantic Neptune Beach. We also will be at Top Dog Tavern next Friday for the first two days of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Marquette. Top six, top five team, top six team, depending on who you ask, in the country has erased a 10-point deficit or is nearing erasing a 10-point halftime deficit over lowly St. John's. That's a 36-35 game at Madison Square Garden. Miami still holding on to a 55-40 lead over Wake Forest in the second half of the ACC tournament. And Iowa State and Baylor in a goodie, 41-38 in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I love this time of the year. Because uh, you get the urgency into everything. I, I still think you should be looking at regular season champions uh, and, and paying more importance to what they've been able to do over the long haul uh, of a conference schedule. But we all know what the conference championship is. It's to create the hype, the excitement, get the tournament team cutting down the nets, taking it to the dance, all that type it, of stuff. It I don't, allows I don't them to it. say everybody is in the tournament. Yeah, so yeah. It, it gives them all a chance to play their way into it. And we've had some great stories. I'm not denying that. I just feel like regular season accomplishment, boy, does it get dismissed and just kind of pass. So, so let's bring this kind of football then before we say hello to our guy, Mark Carnival. Um, Matt Hayes, we, we've talked about potential with the expansion of the college football playoff, the elimination of conference championship games. Will we need that extra game if so many teams are making the college football playoff out of certain conferences? But then you also look to the basketball front. You mean football? Yes. They're I'm not looking, going away. So, so you think even if there's 16, 17 games for a team that makes the college football playoff, national championship yeah, not going away. they will still play conference championships that's a lot of money yeah that's a ton of money and that's, that's why they have the and that's why they have the basketball conference tournaments mm -hmm. because it's money we can yeah. say it so that everybody has a chance and by the way to joe's point yeah the auto bid joe each conference has the ability to say no we want our that's regular true. season champion yeah that's true to, to go to the you tournament know, you know, i think they've all been directed to love on the on right. what we just said love on the best possible story uh, is Kansas going to win the regular season Big 12 title more often than not the answer is yes uh, are they going to win the, the conference tournament uh, maybe maybe not and then it would create or pave the way for another good story I, I get all of it but you know ah. <laughs> I just think like I I, 
I remember covering certain ones where they went through a season of wins, thrilling yeah, performances. Yeah, it's difficult for the mid-majors and, and the like, low-majors. why do you not recognize yeah. how great this run it's, was? It's difficult for them to win their conference in the regular season, yeah. then get knocked out, and then they're not in the tournament. Yeah, that's exactly. not That's not good. So yeah. the combination of our boss, Steve Griffin, as well as Mike and the Dina on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures mm-hmm. has cleared up exactly where everyone is listening to us from. So, Mike, did Mike say he's living – and listening in the in so the Dina. So Mike is listening to live coverage of the Players <laughs> Championship in the Dina on 10:10 a.m. Steve okay. just let us know. So we have Players coverage yeah. on 10:10 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's the play-by-play PGA coverage. We have us live on the Superstation 92.5 FM. You can also get the Gators and Mississippi State live from the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament on the 10:10 XL stream. Okay, so yeah. we are on the FM. We are on the FM Terrestrial, and we are on the 92.5. Yeah. But on the 1010 app, you can get the Gators. Yep, that's great. Mm-hmm. So you, Pretty impressive yeah. for uh, for a Thursday in March. Yeah, you got three choices. And if you're riding around, you probably got all three of them. If you're walking around here, you might even have uh, all three of them as a possibility because you know the SiriusXM PGA Tour radio coverage that we get to put on, on, on 1010 is awesome. It's awesome. And, and Carney's been part of that. He's part of PGA Tour Live this week, so we're going to say hello to him in a second. But, you know, the Gators, if they could do something just to maybe win one game, what does it do, Matt, confidence-wise for Todd Golden? Does it do anything for him? I mean, we know what the product is. It's poor right now. Uh, and they, they say they're in, or at least the, the chatter is, is that they might be in on a couple of good portal prospects. They probably do need to feel like they need to win one. They need to hold on to Kugel. That's yeah, number one. That's number one. That's number one. I mean, you hold on to him, that's that's a great way to start. But they gotta, he's got to recruit better. Yeah. And right now, his the recruiting class, I told you guys just a couple days ago, the class, his next class has a kid from – the NBA, NBA development in Australia, who has not even rated by the, you know, by the 24/7 composite, and the other kid they have is a three-star kid, and I mean you're not you're not going to survive in that league recruiting like that. And he might get a couple transfers, they might be on a couple of the unsigned guys mm-hmm. right now. Right. But you got to land them. Mm-hmm. You might you could say yeah we're in on them. You got to get them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They can't they can't have all that. All right, big sirs. I don't know what your total earnings was in your career. I don't pry into such things, okay? I can tell you. All right. What would right. you like to know? Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you, you, you're talking about well, uh, how contractually or the actual money that I got? Okay, actually, okay, maybe go contractually first, but keep that number right there okay. for us, okay? Yeah. Because I used to call it the PGA Tour homeless because, remember, they talked about how, how poor they had it, uh, and that's why you had the rival league pop up. Uh, Kyle Porter from uh, uh, CBS did the math. Uh, he's a guy that covers golf. He goes, was doing some research yesterday. Top 25 on the PGA Tour all-time money list. Pretty fascinating. Tiger, $120 million in earnings. Okay, this is mm. not endorsements or anything like that. Okay. In his professional golf lifetime, he has earned $120 million. Phil, $95 million. DJ, $75 million. Furyk, $72 million. VJ, $71 million. Rory, $71 million. Adam Scott, sixty million. Matt Kuchar, ninth on this list, fifty-six million. Wow! Bucks. You believe that's, that? That's that's some cheddar there, bro. And just to give you an idea of how the money has gone up over the last handful of years, there are guys that are running up this list mm-hmm. because of the purse increase that we've had here of late. Jordan Spieth, he ain't that old. Fifty-five million in earnings already. Wow. 55. That's good money, bro. What was your number? Uh, well, contractually. Like yeah. in the NFL money is different from golf money, NBA money. Yeah. We don't get to see it all, <laughs> especially when I was playing. So, okay, contractually, 
with the Steelers, 4.5. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jaguars, 17.5. I love that. Ravens, 31.5. So it was uh, at, so you're at right like 54 is where you're at. 54, yeah. and the Dolphins was 500,000. So he okay. was right there in that Jordan and, Spieth range. And then? And then I saw about 10% of all that. <laughs> it was just absolutely. <laughs> so think about that. that. That's the throat punch. Exactly. That's the so shot. you're talking about $55 million contractually, which in today's money, these players have negotiated. They get 50 yeah. to 60% of that money and guaranteed. Our money was more signing bonus uh-huh. and salary. Yeah. yeah. Oof, wow. So, yeah. I feel for you, So bro. I tell you, that, that I, I used to say they used to write our contracts on toilet paper. <laughs> they flush it anytime time they want. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, we are not flushing you. Yes. We're just turning you loose. I'm going to find something yeah. big in beer. Okay. All right. Good. Wherever that, however I'll, that figure, I'll, however you figure that you out. You got your couple sticks with you? Yeah. Of course. I got my sticks. All right. Now, listen, yes. you got uh, our boys from North Florida Sales. You got choices uh-huh. over there. You got the Kona, Kona Brewing Company. Kona. Okay. Yeah, you got a big wave. Of course, you got Ultra, which we all know how good that is. But you've got some Stella. Uh, you got a few other choices over there. Okay. So, Well, I will indulge. Yeah. All right, big man. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right. That's Big Surge. We're going to say a little Car- Mark Carnival coming up here in a second. He was on the grounds with his coverage today, part of PG Tour Live, uh, with that Rory group. And, and Rory kind of blew up on the front, ends up over par uh, going out. So, anyway, let's talk to him coming up here in just a second as we come to you from Sawgrass Square. We've got live leaderboard updates throughout the day, including right now. This is XL Primetime. Protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. Well, I see a man that's put work in already, and he's not done. Okay? He already got his steps in today, and it's only 1.41 p.m. on the East Coast. Now, if you can smell that wonderful Oof. aroma of a cigar that is freshly lit, Leon is still sticking around of the players because he has got one of his big sources. He's not happy up. right now, though. So it, it may not be coming over the airwaves, but we are enjoying that as Mark Carnival steps in to say hello after a good walk spoiled this morning. Yeah. Uh, would, would Rory say that about, about Wow. Walk yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting. I've obviously followed not only Rory but a lot of players all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I mean, the guy's you know, been number one in the world. He's won two FedEx Cup championships but sometimes you watch him and you just kind of wonder yeah you know you know what's he's, going through his mind and you yeah. know he talked a little bit this week about you know certainly the role he's taken and i i applaud him yeah for for what he's done and sticking up on for the pga yeah. tour yeah. And, and and yeah i mean that will take but it's just i sit there and you know he short-sighted himself four or five times today yeah. um it's just i sit there and i scratch my head and i know he's an aggressive player mm-hmm but I'm like, sometimes, you know, you don't really need to be right. quite that aggressive. Don't be a knucklehead. But, but, but again, let me ask you this. Is, it, is there residue from Bay Hill? I, I would think not. Um, I think very few players, I think, these days right. can carry that. I mean, they, they, they play at such a high level all the time. And, you know, it's, it's like any other sport, any other player. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. Sure. And, uh, you know, whether it's timing or just you're off just a touch. Uh, I think he was overall pleased with his play a week ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah. – Disappointed he didn't, you know, carry you through. But yeah. uh, it's again, I scratch my head sometimes watching these. As much as I watch, and you watch these guys all the time too, Joe. Right. I just, you know, it's you, know, you may not need to, you know, hit driver on eighteen, hit it through, uh, through the fairway into the pine mulch. Probably yeah. didn't need to hit driver, but that's, you know, I would never question a play as far as their choice. I might sit there and scratch my head a little bit, like you know, it's <laughs> right. not necessary, but. You know, it's golf, and, you know, as a player, you got to trust yourself, and, and Rory trusts himself, but 
sometimes you don't pull off the shots. So four over for Rory. Chad Ramey, your leader right now, eight under. Can Rory work his way back into this, though, knowing, too, the, the conditions that we're going to have potentially tomorrow, Carney, and then, of course, over the weekend, it'll look a little bit more like today. I mean, certainly. I mean, you would never count Rory McIlroy out. I mean, look what happened at the uh, the Tour Championship a year ago. Made triple bogey right out of the right out of the box and came back and, and won. Uh, it, it, it'll be a challenge for him. Uh, you know, you got to kind of gradually work your way back there. And I, I was mistaken. I was talking to to Frank uh, earlier, and I was talking about Chad Ramey. And I was I had he and Ryan Brem mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> and it was you know Chad Ramey actually won in Punta Cana down in the Dominican Republic, and it was. Uh, Ryan Bremu came in here, did not play very well. So hats off, even hats off, even more uh, to uh, to Ryan Brem. I told you, Chad Ramey when oh, he got Chad hot. Ramey. Excuse me, yeah, I, can, yeah. I still get it mixed up. Well, some <laughs> of them are kind of you know. There, there's a lot of I'm not calling them field horses, but there are a lot of those guys that you kind of you know forget every once in a while. But anyway, when he won, he ran in 30 foot putts left and right, and it just all of a sudden it just clicked for him. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I didn't see any of his round today. I was out there with uh, John Rahm, Rory, and uh, All right, so hit Scotty Scheffler. Hit Rahm and Scheffler. Uh, yep, solid rounds of golf. Obviously, Scotty finished at four under. It was a bit challenging for the front nine. Not challenging, just yeah, not much happening right. uh, there. Uh, John made the turn at two under. Yep. Uh, what did he finish at? Because uh, I, I basically he carried finished him at one under. And yeah, you through, off. through 15 holes in, mm-hmm. the, in the linear window uh, ends, and then I got to disappear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then, but he's, I mean, these guys are in good position. I mean, I mean, Chad Ramey is, is great. I mean, it's, it's great. And, and he will feel the pressure without question. Mm -hmm. By the way, JT teed off just a short while ago, two under through two. Okay. Uh, So we were, so we were sitting out, Carney and I were standing out here. He had a healthy chip. I don't even know if you call it a chip yeah. at that point. Yeah, he was. He had a healthy shot. He was short of the bunker, front left of the green there at two. Mm-hmm. That flag is all the way back right. Mm-hmm. Right. Hold, Hold it. it. Hold mm-hmm. it for you. So, so the question that I want to ask you is what makes him so consistent? Why is he so consistent week after week? I think when you look at all these players and not just JT, it's they do the same thing every time. They don't alter it. They don't uh, – and, and particularly when you're looking at a player's short game – uh, I mean, you're out there, and I and I do it when I when I play in you know events and outings and with amateurs. First of all, most amateurs squeeze the club too tight, and, and they get really quick with it. And, and what it is, it's it's it doesn't look quick. It's a quick movement with these players, but it's all upper body rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't see a lot of lower body with most of the shots right. around the green, and they're very consistent with it. And they they practice it. I mean, they really practice this part. And when we go back to TrackMan and all these different devices. They work with all those things to help them with their short game as well. And he they just barely moved. He yeah. literally barely moved in that shot. No, it, but it was all upper body. Right. I mean, everybody looks at a golfer and think, okay, it's lower body. Yeah, with a with a regular full swing, it's lower body. But when you're pitching the ball around a green, you, you know, you're hitting it to a point, and then trusting your your instincts and all your practice that it's going to react that way. It doesn't react the same way every time, but you're pretty good. I mean, he was out there actually on Tuesday, and his dad, obviously Mike, who, who coaches mm-hmm. with him. Yep. They were out on the practice screen, and there was a little hoop, a little round hoop. It was a really small hula hoop. I know I couldn't get in it, but he was pitching to land the ball into that hoop and then releasing to a hole. Wow. So, I mean, this is <laughs> – it's pretty precise. <laughs> so here's a tale of two tapes on 17 and throughout the course of the round here today at TPC Sawgrass. Tony Finau was one under going into 17. Puts one in the drink, which we have to get the official tally, by Mm -hmm. the way. We still haven't Mm -hmm. gotten that of how many balls have gone into the drink so far. Hayden Buckley 
ace on 17, at one point was five under, finishes the day one over. Walk us through emotionally, mentally, <laughs> Carney. Like, what is that like when you're at the highest of highs? And I, I listen, again, I'm an amateur golfer, but <laughs> I know from we started on 16 in the media round, Rick Ballou is my witness, had a nice shot on 17, was rolling for a little bit. But this course, when you get to your your turn or even your eighth, ninth hole, maintaining that focus is just so difficult on this course because you have a little bit of everything. It is. And, and obviously, I mean, there's a lot of, of – practice you know that was 125 yards today and there were a lot of factors that you know I didn't I heard him I heard he hit it he made it but I didn't see whether it was behind the hole and it spun back in uh, you know it, it's that's that's what separates the guys at the top all the time they, they don't uh, allow their emotions to go one way or another I mean we look at John Rahm and everybody talks about how fiery he is but it's kind of he, he, he lets it go because he needs to and then he moves on uh, I think that's the challenge, and and Chad Ramey doesn't have the experience that a lot of the top players has. I mean, obviously he's won golf tournaments, but and you talk about Hayden Buckley when he when he holds it out. I mean, it's you're not in that position. Something happens, the attention's towards you. You're playing well, but this golf course will just eat you up too. So that was one hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of other holes to play, and and uh, maybe gets ahead of himself. You know, I can't. Right. I can. I can somewhat guess what players are thinking. But I can never get in their mind to know exactly what they're thinking. Yeah. Well, I used Hayden Buckley as an example earlier, Carney. We're talking with Mark, Mark Carnival. He's our golf guy, uh, and he'll be part of PGA Tour Live throughout the, the course of the week. The Hayden Buckley ace at 17 follows it with a birdie at 18. He turns in 32, finishes in 41. Okay, he had four bogeys over six holes coming in. And so, and, and by the way, that was on the front side. You would have thought, you know, that, that mental stuff might get to him, you know, with reverse. Uh-uh, it got to him. What, what happens with players, and again, we're talking even really good players, uh, and that's where, again, where the, the top of the echelon players mm-hmm. control it. When a player either gets struggling or maybe gets going too well, mm-hmm. the first tendency is to speed things up. Everything starts going a lot faster, and you just – it's not so much that you're, you slow down. You just need to take a few more breaths. You need to just, you know, try to stay in the moment. And that old cliche, stay in the moment right? Uh, without getting yourself – but, I mean, I've been – I was guilty of it in my career. You just start getting going faster than you need to, but it's just all those things, you know, pump up the adrenaline. They get yourself there, and, and, and it's hard. That's, that's experience of being in that position, experience having those things happen. At the moment, I mean, again, yeah. that he could have made an ace on any other hole, probably on the PGA Tour, right? And it was not that big a deal, yeah. right. in yeah. a sense of, oh, yeah. you make it at 17 here at TPC Sawgrass, it's a big deal. Let me give you some of the stats on that. So it was 125 yards out the pin tonight or today uh, on 17 at the Players Championship, 40th hole in one in tournament history. That's the 35th at TPC Sawgrass, 11th at number 17, 11 total. It's Buckley's second ace on the tour. First came at number 17 in round one of the 2021 Shriners Children's Open. You would actually, with particularly where the whole location was today in front, you would think there might be more than 11 aces you know, there. I, I told Serge yesterday, I said, you hit that backstop, you start letting it slide down, and if it's set up, you know, you're, if your line is good, you are going to be around that cup. By the way, balls in the water at 17, I am a little surprised because we don't have a whole lot of wind. Eight balls in the water. And one came from the drop area, okay? And so seven. Two came from one golfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, yeah, because one, seven from the tee, and then that next one came from, you know, from the drop area. 
uh, Austin Smotherman. I always like saying <laughs> Smotherman. Uh, he opened Birdie Eagle. Just like Buckley, he finishes one over. So it just tells you how tough the golf course can be. And over the the four days, Carney, finish on that note before we right, turn That's what loose. I was going to ask you. You walked yeah. the course, okay? Yes. So depending on the duration with the rain, how much more difficult could it be tomorrow? Uh, I mean, it's probably going to be similar to today. I mean, there were a lot of spots that were firm, parts of the fairways. There are other lower areas that were a little soft. The greens were receptive, but they were also pretty firm in different areas along the ridges and stuff, so you had to be careful with that. Again, I think it's all dependent upon how much rain we get. If, you know, it's, if it's just, you know, half an inch, quarter of an inch or something right. uh, overnight or early in the morning, not going to make a big difference. You know, if we get an inch, more than an inch, then, then that could be a factor. So, Carney, I do have to tell you this. Someone on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures just texted in and goes, can you mention the name of who you, whom you are interviewing? He sounds like Nick Saban. Oh. Really? Have you ever gotten that one before, Carney? No. Coach Campo saying perhaps. No, perhaps. I, I, who would have thought? I can't say I have. Uh, who would have thought? Think, even though Nick, you know, spent you a lot of time up north. Here, Nick. Uh, right? You what? and Nick get paid the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the deal. One of them has won Natties, and one of them has won PGA Tour events. Yeah. One's, one's Mark Carnival, the other right. one's Nick Saban. There you go. There you go. In all I, seriousness. I will tell you this. He's yeah. got a tougher job than I got. There I can you tell go. you that for sure. In all seriousness, we did have another texter who was wondering with regards to hole nine, the tee box being moved back. What were you hearing? What were you seeing from some of the golfers? It's, and, again, I knew that they were doing this, and I really hadn't seen it. I actually hadn't been on property here for probably a couple months, mm-hmm. even though I live right here. Uh I thought there was a, I had a different anticipation of what I thought they had moved it further back and to the right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They basically just extended the tee that okay. they've been playing yeah. 17 yards. So it's 17 yards back from where the end of the tee was before. Obviously, you've got a little more cushion on the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still comes into play. I think they were, they're trying to maybe get guys to hit driver a little bit more yes. there. Um, it's, it's still – Pete Dye designed it to be a three-shot hole. And that was part of the reason I was talking to Stephen Cox, the you know the lead tournament uh, with the administrator, with the setup and everything on the golf course. Uh, they went back. They were like 60% of the players were going over the last 10 years or so. 60% of the players were going for it. Oh yeah. In, in yeah. two, whereas maybe the first 20 years, it's like five to yeah. 10%. It, it, it wasn't a dog leg. It was a zigzag. Yes. Is what it was. Yeah. It was a three shot hole. So I, I mean, I think again. We'll see how it goes this week. I mean, adding distance to a golf course yeah. doesn't mean much to these guys. Yeah, but I still would like to see it be a little bit, you know, yes. in those particular areas a little bit more. All right, Carney, great stuff. Hopefully we'll, you know, see how it falls for you tomorrow. Sure. But always appreciate you jumping in and saying you hello. Got, you guys Mark. are having fun here. Oh, oh we're, we're hanging out. It's a party. Well, yeah. I, I got my Check nine. out everybody we got hanging out. We got the Marsh family showing up now. I got my nine now. after Everybody's five boys here. over there that are just, I mean, look at him. He's two-fisted. And he's guzzling. <laughs> I already tried to interview stuff. them once today <laughs> yeah. over oh, yeah. at the clubhouse. So, oh, yeah. listen, we, we got everybody here. All the nooners are out and about. We got Frangie and company waiting. We got Coach Campo on deck in the hole. We love it. It's All right, party. Coach is coming up next. Carney, thanks, buddy. You got it, guys. All right, Taylor Dahl coming up with an update as we do say hello to Coach Campo in the 2 o'clock hour. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. Let's welcome in XL Primetime's coach, Dave Campo. Coach Campo's been here hanging out with us. We've all been having a good time. and getting to see a lot of our Nooners that have come out just to hang with us. And now, Coach, you get to hang with us. You've been here. 
Uh, over with the 1010 XL family uh, with the Taste of Jacks, right? Having a good time? Absolutely. What a what a great uh, place to be, especially on this beautiful day. Yeah. You can't beat it. And it was interesting listening to Carney just talk when, mm-hmm. he, when he talked about how guys differed with certain uh, poise situations. And I was one of the guys that I would scream for like, 10 seconds, and then I was right focused, right back in. So yeah. I'm like Rom. Other guys, you know, they don't, you don't ever see them change their face or anything. It's just different people are yeah. different uh, the way they operate. Everything they do, it's either guarded, measured, you know, however you want to describe it, but you're right. Everything's very internal, and they're a little kind of cone of silence. And I, I like to see the animated guy. That I was really me, do. I can tell you that. Yeah, well, I think every player that has been on with us, Talking about coach says that was him. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. All right. Uh, before we start talking, because we got Calvin Ridley news, we've got some good stuff to get to. Uh, but you know, you're you're used to be a neighbor to this to this golf course uh, as you walk around. It doesn't blow your mind even from last year to this year. How much? Well, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, it gets better every year. Obviously, they see different things. They, you know, how to how to uh, make it fan friendly and all those kind of things mm-hmm. and. You know, that's how you grow the sport. You know, that's how guys make the money that they're making, you know, to get people out here. Uh, there's no question that golf to me, and uh, you could attest to that because I don't play golf all that much. Mm-hmm. To me, it was like skiing. When I skied, I enjoyed the mountain more than I enjoyed the actual skiing. And it's the same thing with golf. I yeah, enjoy sure. this, yeah. the atmosphere, all, you know, the beautiful grounds, the beautiful greens the fans, all the people that are involved. So, you know, it's great to be out here. Coach Campo, uh, make sure we got the microphone there. Now we do. Coach Campo, do you have a pick for this week? Do, is there any golfer in particular that you are following? Jordan Spieth. Ah. Uh, you know, I have to go with Jordan. I'm not sure that he – I heard this the other day. I'm not the first one to say it, but I heard Elkington make the comment uh-huh. that he didn't know if Spieth hits the ball straight enough on this course. To win it, a bit. and he's ha- and he hasn't won it. He's one under through three today, so yeah. it's looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I like him. He's a really good young man. Being in Dallas, uh, he used to be on the sideline some with the Cowboys. And, yeah, you know, had a chance to visit with him. You know, I, I like guys, kind of like the guys that they now have with the Jaguars. I like guys that are not only good athletes, players, golfers, football players, but they are good people. And and Jordan Spieth is a good young man. All right, so let's get into some football stuff, right? Why not? Yeah. So we were talking earlier. Um, uh, Chauncey Garner, Chauncey Garner's available for the. He's he's been cut. It's a cut, right? He was cut. He will be released. He will be released. Yes, expect- is, is right, the yeah. expectation. Chauncey Garner Johnson. Chauncey Garner Johnson. Yes. Former so, Florida Gator, safety for the Eagles. So we've been talking, and I've been saying, look, you're very close right now. If you feel like that, that guy could be your hybrid slot safety, whatever you want to call him. If you're on the four two five. What you have said is what everybody's running right now. If he's your rover, whatever you want to call him, and he's a guy that can make a difference, don't you just kind of restructure and find, find a way to get the money to get him? I'm sure they're looking at him. I think that's a position, especially with uh, uh, Rayshon Jenkins being, uh, you know, one year left. You get a guy that's kind of a hybrid, that's, that gives you a lot of – we had uh, Darren Woodson back in the day that could play safety on early downs. Mm-hmm. And played nickel on on uh, other downs. Hugely and, valuable. And he's a, a linebacker hybrid guy that can run. 
So I would say, certainly look at him, that's for sure. So for what it's worth, Rayshon Jenkins, 29 years old, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, 25 years old. Right. So there's also that factor. There's also the factor, Coach, of the fact that Anthony Richardson ran a faster 40-yard dash <laughs> than every safety at the Combine. So if you were looking at a safety to play that nickel spot for you and then potentially move into the back in the years to come after Rayshon Jenkins leaves or retires or however they end up parting ways one day with him, I mean, do you look at that crop and say, eh, they didn't really live up to expectations? Maybe we look at the free market. And that's kind of, I think, what they did last year with the free agent market, with the receivers. I mean, you know, they, they weren't going to get, you know, a, a, a true number one. They, there wasn't, they had no chance. But they took guys that make the club better. And I think when you're looking at free agency, that's even more important in the draft. You're looking two, three, four do years down the road. With a free agent, a lot of times you're just looking, hey, this guy might make the difference between what we're doing next year. Yeah. That's the, that's the difference, experience. And I, I just kind of feel like, uh, you know, just from Trent Balky's perch from his role, he thinks now and he thinks future. He has to be basically keeping both of those in mind, right? Yeah. Always got to be part of the equation. No question. I think the perfect example of that is Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. You know, if he does what we all hope and we think he can do, that might be the, the, the biggest free Better agent pickup in the history of this franchise yeah. because there's no receivers out there. That's kind of like what Mia just said. You know, there's a guy. We can get us a quality receiver where nobody else is involved. We go with the one year. We find out if he's really the guy we think he is, and mm -hmm. then we go from there. Yeah, and you get him – acclimated or get the feel for being a Jag way before he's, in a, he's a Jag. What did you think? Did you catch most of what we were talking about with the play, with his piece in the Players' Tribune? You know, just talking about what he went through, playing with a broken foot, taking oh, shots, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because I think I text you, mm -hmm. and yep. I might have texted me, yep. and I think I text everybody, mm -hmm. that, that article when it came out. And one of the things that I thought in my mind was what a, what a great uh, – getting off my chest, yeah. uh, you know, some of the problems. Now, if you're looking at it realistically, sometimes you could take the half glass half empty mm -hmm. situation right. and say, well, you know, does, is that a little bit of a red flag that the kid has had some problems in yeah. key situations with the with – the, you know what's going on in right. his head. You got to consider it. So yeah. that that in itself is just a little bit of a marker. But for the way he worded things, I feel pretty darn good about the guy. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. What was the uh, the way he said it? What 10, 20, 30 years? When you talk about Cal Calvin, really, he wants it to be a good one. I yep. mean, that's a great way to put it. And that's, and also he made the comment that hey, look, you're going to see uh, twelve hundred yards every fourteen fourteen hundred yards every year. So he's looking forward to getting to going. Do you see him fourteen hundred yards? How do you see the the snap count, the receptions being divvied up this upcoming season? I, I think this is a committee. I really do, and I think the number one guy is going to make a big difference because it opens up everybody. I really think that the one thing about when you look back at Doug Peterson, you guys tell me if I'm wrong because you guys watched him as much as I have, to be honest with you. You look back at him, everything has been a committee. Mm -hmm. Running backs have been a committee. Tight ends have been a committee. Receivers are now a committee. So I really think that he, he opens up a lot of stuff, and yet he's good enough as a route runner to, to – to really beat anybody if he's 100%. But the question is, can, you know, you're, you're 16, 18, by the time he plays, 22 months away from 
actually being on a field, absorbing a hit. You know, it, there's a big difference between saying I'm going to get 1,400 than going out there and actually doing it while, you know, every, you know, things have changed over the last, whether he likes it or not, over the last 22 months, things have changed. That's the great thing about it, though. You know, you're on a one-year. He's like, he's like Ingram. Yeah. You know, they're exactly the same. He either shows or, or you move on. And, and, uh, and, and so, to me, that's a real advantage for the Jaguars. You know, they've got a guy that has shown that he can be a big-time receiver, but you're not married to him. It's not like you have to go out on a free agent, a normal free agent situation, and give a guy a three-year contract or something where you don't know exactly what you're getting. That'll be coming a year from now. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And you will know him. And right. you will know him. And yeah. that's what I do want to ask Coach. We're going to take a break, but when we come back with Coach, I do want to ask not only about balancing all the books when it yeah. comes to if you've got to extend Calvin Ridley, you've got to extend Evan Ingram, are you extending Josh Allen? Are we officially saying goodbye to Jawan Taylor? How do you balance all that? Also knowing that you have these needs on the defensive side of the ball, and as you said on Tuesday and throughout the last few weeks, should the draft be so heavily focused on the defensive side of the ball? How do you balance mm -hmm. all yeah. that? So yeah. we'll do that coming up in just a little bit. It is XL Primetime live from the Players' Championship. Stop on by, say hi. We're hanging out in Sawgrass Square till 3 o'clock before we say hello to the Frangie Show. Live coverage of the Players' Championship play-by-play -play coming at you on 1010 AM. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. Quick check of the score up in Nashville. That is where the SEC tournament is this week. Yes, it is. It was not in Tampa. It was in Tampa a few years ago. Up in Nash, Vegas, the Florida Gators trailing Mississippi State 37-33, about 15 minutes remaining in the ball game. We are here live at TPC Sawgrass with our head coach, Dave Campo, talking a little football, talking a little bit of your Jaguars, a little golf as well. Coach Campo had a lovely meal over at the Taste of Jack's. Uh, what, what would you rate it, the, the pulled pull pork? Well, I'd rate it as a, as a nine probably a nine? until I looked at the cost. <laughs> <laughs> come on, you got to come out to the players. You don't think about It's all Absolutely. about the experience. Listen, it's yes. not even, I'm just kidding. Exactly. It was, it was delicious. You've had some good meals, though, out here. But <laughs> the, the folks Absolutely. can know that there's some great food out here, including right here at Sawgrass Square, where we are currently hanging out at. You can visit the 1010XL tent. Say hi. We are broadcasting live from 6 a.m. until 8 p.m. today and tomorrow. Let's kick it back to the Jags, though. I left you with this, Coach Campo. Balancing the books, who needs to get paid, who doesn't get paid. Right now, when you look at the current situation, knowing you have two players about to play on the fifth-year option, knowing you still have to pay Trevor Lawrence down the line, you have to pay that 2021 draft class, where do you currently stand on who do you pay first? Well, the first thing I'm going to try to do is get Juwan Taylor, mm -hmm. you know, for sure. So you have not said goodbye to it. You have not closed the book. Absolutely not. I, I, do I think they're going to get him? Probably not. But I would certainly, you know, make a run at it because I think that really makes the draft a little easier to, to handle. I think if they don't get Juwan, now you're talking about them taking an offensive lineman fairly high, and I don't know where that is. I don't know if that's one, two, three, where it is, but I think that that would probably force him to do that. So let me, let me ask you this. If you're saying Juwan is the key right now, would you take less for Cam, trade value, to get him, to, to get him off the books so you just move, walk a little there and left tackle and you keep – figure out a way to keep Juwan, would, would you do that instead? No. So no, you would I, keep Cam and, yeah. and you still try and 
I think they th- they think an awful lot of Cam, and obviously. What the do only you think concern, of Cam, though? Oh well, well, I liked him. I mean, I thought he had he played well until he got hurt, and so you can't find the left ta- the left tackles. You know, we're talking walk a little, but you know, walk a little's only played how many games? Seven yes, games seven. as a yeah. starter. So it's not you know that's not a guarantee. Cam has been out there for a while, and that's why I like Jawan Taylor, only because he proved that he can do it. Right, and he's been there. So, you know, I'm just hoping that they might be able to work something out there. If they can't, I think there'll be an offensive tackle in the mix. I don't know whether you can go back in time, former Dallas Cowboy head coach Dave Campbell, our head coach, uh, but being salary cap strapped, it wasn't exactly the same setup, but you certainly went through into the 2000s, you know, once you went from 94 when the whole thing changed with free agency. But anyway, in a situation where you really had to take a good, hard look at the numbers. As a franchise. You ever yeah. been through that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and, and also, you know, what you do with your draft picks, you know, mm-hmm. and I obviously I wasn't as active involved in, you know, making those kind of decisions. Right. But at the same time, you know, I think you really have to be careful. you got to look beyond just one year, you know, but at the same time, you have to look at the window. You know, if you've got a window of good players, then you then you're willing to gamble a little bit more to try to you know, get the pieces there that give you a chance going forward. Mm-hmm. And I think this team, is this is a good football team right now. If they play like they did at the end of the year, they'll win a lot of football games. And, you know, you want to make sure that you've got uh, the guys in place that, that give you a chance. Uh, well, didn't you love to, our, our, our exercise the other day? AFC South, NFC South. You start adding up the number of insecure quarterback situations. Insecure. They don't know what they've got exactly. And this team, with uh, a total of 10 games, including four NFC South opponents, this team could roll up eight, nine wins. And that's a big chunk of this schedule, Coach. That's huge. Yeah, no question about it. And I think that's the way they should be looking at it. I think they should look at this as a, as a, a you know, I always hearken back. To the, to the years when I was in Dallas at the beginning. And, you know, when they were three and seven, you know, I said, well, you know, this mm-hmm. looks like a very similar season. You know, two years later, we won the Super Bowl. So, you know, we had good players, young players, very similar to what they have right now. I think we probably had a little stronger defense, but when you really look at it, right, in this day and age, if you don't, if you don't score 30 points in a, in a, a, playoff game you don't win that's the way this season is so you know I'm always harping on well let's try to get a little bit better on defense yeah because that's I think that makes a difference but if you've got good offensive players you've got a great chance and we've got the quarterback and that's the biggest biggest piece so let me ask you the same question then coach that we had a conversation about yesterday with regards to the upcoming NFL draft I know you've said at 24 you're picking a corner as of right now no Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, any of that, not, you know, chaos, you know, dependent. You're picking a corner at 24. The Jaguars apparently have had multiple interviews with running backs, including Tank Bigsby out of Auburn, who would be third, fourth round pick, Matt, maybe fifth round pick. Obviously, that's an indictment on Snoop Connor on the surface. My question for you is, how important is running back on your wish list for the draft, especially if you do have to draft that tackle and you have other positions on defense you could potentially address? Well, I'd like to have a third running back for sure. You know, I think that, uh, you know, the way the running backs take a beating, and, you know, I'm still a little bit 
shaky on Etienne, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the way he takes some hits and those kind of things, uh, I don't think you want to go into the year without him and having Hasty be your starting running back. I just, you know, I just don't know where Snoop Connor is mm-hmm. in the pecking order because it looks to me like they're doing a lot of homework on a lot of running backs, and I certainly would like to have one for sure because I think it's important uh, at that position. I don't think he has to be a workhorse, but I think he has to be a guy that you can count on in, in that situation. All right, I'm going to throw this one at you now, okay? You let's always say, throw stuff say, out there. <laughs> let's say 24 rolls around and Don Kincaid's still available. And let's say Darnell Washington's still available. Are you tempted to take tight end at that point? Even Michael Mayer, we could throw him in since some he might be. Even, yeah, even, if you're gonna, even if you're going to get a contract done with Ingram, are you tempted to take another tight end at that point? Because your, your room's very thin right now. Yeah, I think it's thin. I think, you know, it, there's a very strong. I mean, I guess my, my that, question is, are you still at the point – with this franchise where you're saying 16 is still what we got to build around? Yeah, I, I, I think we are. I think that's the guy that's going to make the difference on whether or not they take the next step. So to me, if he's the best player and, and he, he can up that room, then I, I would be tempted. But at the same time, I'm a, I got that defensive mindset. <laughs> you know, I, and you want to get that side I right. I want to cover guys. Yeah. I want to make right. sure that we can get guys covered. But, a, but it is a deep corner it's draft. A thought. That's what, yeah, that's the thing. Now, there's probably six corners that could go in the first round, right? right. I mean, and I haven't really studied 100% like I will. as Double digit in the first two rounds, what they're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no doubt. So, you know, it, hey, it's hard. Uh, I think you got to really be careful not taking the best available player any way you look at it. If it's if it's somebody you really can you know build with and cover. Yeah, you got to make sure a mesh is best available and that need yep. that they kind of pair I up. I mean, if six nine Darnell Washington's hanging out there. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever six seven. I mean, don't you got to at least look at him? It, absolutely. It, it, the, it, the way he can block, he's a, he's a block and a receiving threat. And it goes to what Coach said earlier that. Doug Peterson, he sprinkles in a lot of talent, a lot of places, and does a lot of good things with all of them. And that's really uh, what you'd be looking at because we named three different running backs, three different tight ends that he that he worked with up in Philly and made yeah. great, uh, yeah. you know, great things happen. All right, we're going to wrap it up with Coach coming up in just a bit. We've got another Players' Championship update. Uh, we are hanging out at Sawgrass Square. Uh, big Surce is holding court right now with one of his Big Surce uh, All-Pro Series cigars. I he, said to Coach Campo, he he's, like, sitting it. out on the patio right outside of us here, yeah. and people are just coming up. He's, he is truly, like, the mascot of 1010X. Yeah. The Don. Yeah, the yeah. Don. He loves it. He loves it. All right, we'll keep it rolling. Leaderboard update coming your way. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Florida Home AC boys, they'll be out here a little bit later on. There's plenty of others uh, from the 1010XL family that has made their way out here. That's for sure. A bunch of nooners, which is always good. JJ uh, among them. Oh, yeah. Oh, in yeah. the house. He's been here. Uh, bro, th- throw, uh, throw, JJ, throw your headset on. I want to know what you've been doing. Yeah, JJ, give us some boots on the ground updates. Uh, some folks on the Surce, Instagram channel love your sunglass uh, choice, by the way. Yes. We got a couple comments about that with your picture with Donna's mom. Yeah, shout out to my fiance for buying me Gucci's for my uh, birthday. Oh, I thought you were going to say girl, but you nailed that. I did. Nice that was the first move. time I've ever said yeah. it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, me and E were out there. 
on 10 for a little bit, watching some um, some of the lesser-known golfers. Yeah. And then we made our way to 16, and we thought we were watching Siwoo Kim for, like, two shots. Wrong. It was S.H. Kim. Yeah, uh, S.H. Oh. So, uh, you love I all apologize. The Kims. You love all the Kims. Yeah, I do. I, I, I was Kim supporting guy. them. Tom Kim, and now S.H. is in the fold, as yes. far as you know. But it's funny because for a while there, I was telling J.J., he loves the South Koreans. I mean, you know. Right. You know. Sung Those J. are his M. guys. Yeah, he's got a uh, Colombian fiancé and a bunch of South Korean <laughs> golfers. BFFs. <he's> <laughs> Let's go figure. But, but – then they started going with SW Kim instead of Siwoo. Yes, and, and but this guy is SH. Uh, you could see how I was confused. And, I'm and already <laughs> confused. <laughs> and uh, Min Woo Lee is from Australia. Yeah, and he's I, he's T four right now. And Morikawa, American, American. You know, got that Hawaiian uh, blood in him. I'm also was impressed that Hayden yeah. Buckley is also American. I just thought that kind of sounded like a British name, to be yeah. honest. No, he's. I, mean, I, don't, I don't. I can't remember where he went to play. Yeah, uh, Hayden Buckley is very yeah. like princely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hayden like, Buckley. Uh, he went to Mizzou going. of all places, and he's from Chattanooga. You're going to riddle be a me that one. one day. A superstar. All right. Uh, so. I want to give some uh, basketball score updates yeah. before we uh, say goodbye to Coach Campo and hand it off to the Frangie Show. Um, upset, I, I sh- should say upset in the Big Ten, first and foremost. Uh, mm-hmm. your, your family, Matt mm-hmm. Hayes, your religion, and come on, you know how to know. Your ball? No. From Jim Valvano? No. Does no one know the line on this show? Your family, your religion, and Rutgers basketball. Oh, come oh, that on. One, that come on. Us. You got to know that one. That one eluded us. Ruck, Rutgers wins 62-50 over I've Michigan. I've never heard that in my life. Oh, too, much, yeah. too much New Jersey in yeah. that no, one, Jim, believe me. Jim Balvano's. Uh, I thought you were going to go with, all, I don't know, the other one, though. Never right. give up. That's well, you're right. No, exactly. Well, it's from the That's same right speech. I thought you were It's from the same she speech. Is. He's never giving up on putting, you know, Rutgers slash Iowa things <laughs> It's the from show. the same speech. We did find some Hawks on the course today. Miami holds on, but. Uh, yes. Your, your yeah. Canes got a scare, though. Tyree Appleby goes off for 24. So we went off in the second half. 74-72. They edge a Wake Forest. That's they're right. On in, they're moving on to the semifinals or quarterfinals, I should say, of the I ACC. Watched one one second. Second. I have not Miami watched one team. second of Miami basketball <laughs> this year, but you better believe it. I'm claiming us ACC <laughs> And number six Marquette uh, comes back to win o- in OT over St. John's. Uh, as my good friend Tate Frazier just put it, let the Rick Patino to St. John's sweepstakes officially begin. Oh, that would be sick. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? I really am rooting for that. I need the con. And meanwhile, Florida is now trailing only by one, 49-48, 7.58 to go in the second half against Mississippi State up in Nashville. All right, Coach, before we get out of here, before we get ready for the Francis show to take over, uh, the, the, the work, as we said, is far from done. But would you, if you handicapped an Evan Ingram negotiation, uh, does the deal get done sooner or later? Does it get done with a happy face or are there a bunch of, uh, I don't know, maybe mad emojis on both sides and it, and it just kind of goes, you know, goes on in the, in the offseason? Well, I think it'll just go on. And the reason that I say that is because I think some of it has to do with what happens between now and the draft and all mm-hmm. that with what the money's available, all those kind of things. I don't think it's going to happen immediately. But I, I really do think that just listening and, and looking around here that Ingram – understands the situation and mm-hmm. and uh, is willing to just kind of hang in there and do it when it's uh, good for both. That's it, really, more than anything else, is that I believe that Evan Ingram's agent is telling him, you better make sure you strike and get what you are deserving of or we need to keep sitting at the table. Right. Team, meanwhile, saying, hey, Evan, 
this is a great situation. Why don't you plan on sticking around and giving us just a little bit of a break? Well, yeah. more, I mean, more dangerous. It could be either you get it done before the draft or 24 rolls around and Washington's there or Kincaid's there and they take him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's, you know what? Right. That's your, true. Your value all of a sudden starts to dip a little bit. That's true. Yeah. I will agree with you there. Yeah, and so they might want to get it done before then. All right, yeah. Coach, great stuff, man. We always appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us. You got it. Well, great. We love it. You can check out uh, another Campo and Joe, which we will fire up next week. But we're going to fire up the Frangie Show coming up here in just a sec from Sawgrass Square at TPC Sawgrass. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Joining us now, uh, hot off the golf course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you go low today? I uh, did. Well, it, it, to, let me just say this. Uh, here's here's a story. Here's your thesis statement today. It's what I've always said. You can't stop Chad Ramey. You can only hope to contain him, yeah. Joey. Yeah. That is the Corrales that, Punta Cana championship yeah, yeah, winner yeah. right there that you're I'll, talking about. I will. I will tell you this. I walked with him for about four or five holes. Yeah. He was golfing his ball now. I mean, he was calm. The pacing. Did you see him at all? We, we just watched a little bit of highlights. Yeah. Uh, Matt was watching him earlier. But what's so funny is this cat went through a handful of missed cuts, a handful of down the yeah. bottom of the leaderboard. Yeah. And there's no rhyme or reason how how or when they get high. Yeah. They just hope it continues. But I'm you know telling you. I mean? Yeah, I do. But, I mean, he, he, was, he, he was playing. I saw him on 17. I said, okay, big boy, let's see what you got. This is 17 now, okay? Stuck that thing. <laughs> hit it to two and a half feet. Yeah. I mean, he hit it to two and a half feet. I mean, it was a – I mean, we, and we were with – our group was watching him when he hit. Whoo! Yeah. He, and he's right down the middle on 18, too, so he's playing well, great. Is it, is he hasn't it? made a cut, by the way. He hasn't made a cut, Frank, since October. I know. I know. Isn't that something? But, but I'm telling you, man, just watching him, yeah. he looked like he's been here 20 times. He, yeah. he just – he had that look about him. Guy, and, Joe, you know, this, you, guys that have come here for – that haven't been here a lot, right. they rush, they get – you can, you can sense if you've watched it enough that – Boy, nothing got to that guy. Man, no. he was calm. And they try and keep that, you know, uh, right around the corner here with the uh, no bowl and yeah. then also the whoop yeah. uh, set up over there. They keep track of their heart rate. Yeah. And you can see when these yeah. guys stress out. Good, and he had a, a slow bit. heart. It was kind of fun to watch. So. Yeah. And they kind of learn a little bit, you know, about themselves with, with some of those, you know, extra aids. All right. So you guys will be diving yeah. into that. What else you got? Yeah. We'll certainly talk all about the day today. What a gorgeous day. Yeah. I mean, the weather awesome. was perfect. It was glorious day today. So we'll certainly talk all about, all about the golf. Who to watch? Guys who played badly. Who will bounce back? Who we think will bounce back? We got our little fun loser money thing. Chris Reimer stops by as he always does uh, during this at, uh, at four o'clock, so he'll kind of assess what's going on. We'll talk a little Gator basketball. And Maddie, how the Gators doing? Maddie's got it on. Uh, how are we doing? It's they're over. Down, they're down two. They, they lose. They're down two with three to go. Yeah, it's over. It's three not, like uh, seconds to go? No, no, three minutes. Okay, okay. There's time, but yeah. it's, it's I can't been agree. I can't agree with me. It's, it's been, been over a long I, time. I know this is going to shock you, but they're not shooting well right now. Go figure. I had a text from somebody just saying like it's just so undisciplined. Maybe Todd Golden isn't him, and I'm like. Oh yes, here here they yeah, come. Yeah, yeah. We, here we they, have, everyone who wanted yeah. Mike White out of here. Yeah, we haven't fired a coach in a year, or so, so yep. or in years. So yeah, no, like, but we'll uh, talk. We'll talk a little about about the hoops. But, but the golf is just Joe. I, I will tell you. Yeah. I say this every year. I get all geeked up because I love it so much. Yeah. But the weather today. Are you were you March or May guy? I originally was a May guy. Now yeah. I understand March. How about you, Mia? March, March, or March yeah. Or? I've only ever been uh, March. Yeah. Actually, you've only been okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maddie, March all the way. I was so I was the the May guy. I was I was not budging off May. I was by the by the by far May guy. Not even. But March has won me over. I kind of love March because we can sit here doing our show and watching all this great golf right here in our backyard. And I also have a bunch of college basketball games right. yeah. fired up right and now. And I do love like the beauty of like yeah. we come out of. 
the football season. We come out of combine. We hit the players. We yeah. hit the draft. Like I love March being as chaotic as yeah. it is, and May's a little bit chiller. The thing you got to remember speaking. the most, Frank. Mm-hmm. This is the thing I like the most about it: is that it was the opening of the NCAA tournament. Right, right. That's right. Before. Yeah. Now it's conference. Good that point. That is a major. Because we, major well, well I, I can tell you this: I've been to almost all all of these. Yeah. The three that I have missed were during Final Fours yeah, when yeah. the Gators were in. Yeah, so, exactly. so, so, but anyway, all that coming up in just a bit. All right, sounds good, Frank. Uh, but that is the key. They get to grow the golf course and set it up the way it was intended. That's the, how Pete Dye designed it. But the fact that it's not bumping up against the beginning of the NCAA tournament, because you know they would, they would get roughed up over that. All right, we are out. We're going to stroll the grounds. Have a we good are. time. Let's do it. Yep, it'll be fun. All right, uh, Joe C., Mia O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Surs, JJ out here today having fun with us. And we say thanks to Dylan Ryan for making it happen back there, and thanks to Coach Campo as well. Frangie Show coming up next.